0: a pretty big important day today it is yeah uh big very thing. special day to celebrate
1: yeah big for us here at the good time sports podcast it's
0: sports equinox day yeah it <laughs> yeah is. it is yeah nothing else
1: nothing else
0: not a single thing nothing what does sports equinox mean colin um
1: it means sports are everywhere and they are glorious
0: everything everywhere all at once yes that's what that movie's about isn't it yes That's what I thought. Welcome to the Good Time Sports Podcast. This is episode 59. And we are coming to you the day before Halloween. Sports Equinox Day, the only one in 2023. And we have a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. The World Series has kicked off. Kicked off. Slide slide. Yeah. (laughs) Bunt bunt. The World Series has started, and there has been a lot of energy thrown around there. Um, So we'll talk about that. F one, NHL, NBA, college football, NFL, and we will finish it with this day in sports. And we would be a miss if we did not say happy birthday. To our boy Brendan, Happy birthday, Brendan! Happy birthday, Brendan! And he's celebrating his birthday by abandoning us and <laughs> leaving us here to fend for ourselves. You
1: know, week off. You know, similar thing. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure we gave you the week off for your birthday too. I probably
0: did take the week off for my
1: birthday, to be honest. You know who will be here on his birthday, or who was here during his birthday? Me.
0: Okay, guys. <laughs> Have you still not missed an episode?
1: Nope, not a single one. Fifty nine straight and counting.
0: Including, like, solos, too.
1: I know. Wow. Three-hour one all by myself. I'm just a nuts for That's this.
0: actually nuts. Yeah. I got a lot to say. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> all that space in your head. There Basically, whenever you guys are like,
1: around. hey, uh, you know, we're only going to keep it like an hour, 20, hour, 30. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, darn. <laughs> bummer. Got to condense my thoughts yeah. now.
0: <laughs> and even then, we say, oh, yeah, let's keep it to an hour, and we go two and a half. So, But... Let's try to keep it under two hours today. Let's try. Um, and let's start with the World Series. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the World Series kicked off. I keep saying kicked off.
1: <laughs> I, that's why I <laughs> shut up, dude. Um, the World Series has officially taken center stage. How about that? Yeah, the, the World Series just started. Okay. okay, that works too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it started on Friday, the twenty seventh, with probably one of the best baseball games of the whole entire season.
1: Yeah, no, that one was I would say an instant classic. Safe without to say. a doubt. Uh, Diamondbacks and Rangers. It was a heavily anticipated matchup. I think it was Nathan Yuvaldi for the Rangers on the mound versus Zach Allen. Two of the game's great uh, aces going head to head, and. Excuse me, Gallon for the Diamondbacks really put on a show, gave a quality start. Five innings, I think only three runs earned in his appearance. Meanwhile, Yavaldi uh, and the Rangers bullpen kind of had similar days and they kind of struggled. And it was going into the ninth inning where they were down five to three and it looked like Arizona was going to potentially steal game one in Arlington when all of a sudden Corey Seeger. Corey Seeger, welcome s- back, baby. Took up a two run homer deep I think it was second deck wasn't oh it? yeah
0: it was, se- it, was se- uh, it was that or it was like deep in the first row it was but it was a no doubter from the second you heard the sound off the bat they- the the emotion
1: that Corey just let ring out after he. Hit oh the my wall, god that's one of those things that I'm just like okay that got me just goosebumps just my god the emphasis the emotion everything I mean Seeger's Seeger's a former World Series MVP mm-hmm. like he's not you know uh, a new man to the stage and for him to still get excited and still get that hamped up given the fact that it's
0: the... That just shows you how much fun the Fall Classic is and it how is. much it means. And to
1: send it again, at that point, it looked like two extras and which ended up being and then, wow. Uh, are we sure this <laughs> this guy's from the same planet as us? Adoles Garcia. Oh my God. At, it, at the time, it was six straight games, I believe, that he had hit a home run including game one, a walk-off solo home run in the 11th inning to put the Rangers head 1-0. He said it after the game in the interview that this this series is going to be a tough series. Um, He gave a lot of respect to the Diamondbacks. And he kind of knew that, look, this Diamondbacks team, while they didn't play necessarily the best game in game one, they would be back. And the Rangers did go up 1-0. And then in game two, it was the opposite of an instant classic.
0: Yeah, it was. uh, I do want to touch on a couple things on game one first. Okay. Coming into this World Series, there was a lot of talk about uh, the ratings and what this World Series would look like. and Because they're not high-level. Yeah, they're high not market. the Yankees. They're not the Dodgers. They're not the Astros who've mm-hmm. been dominant lately. Right, right. Um, but this is a team from Dallas, Texas, and the Rangers, and then a team from Phoenix, Arizona, who's not necessarily the smallest market mm-hmm. in the country. Um, and all those naysayers... I hope you watched game one because that just goes to show you it doesn't matter who's playing. If it's a good game, it's a good game. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the best baseball games I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah, no, I think baseball, they've grown in not only uh, attendance and viewership by speeding up the game and all the rule changes that they made this season and everything. Um, and some people, to your point, were kind of criticizing it being like, these are the two teams that made it to the World Series and not. Both two non-traditional powers yeah.
0: in the world of major league baseball. If you have such a big deal with it, have your teams win, maybe.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think to your point, I think you really should enjoy it for the game, but also I think it's also appealing to casuals because of the nature of the sport mm-hmm. now. Um, also, just throwing this out here, um, last two stadiums I've been to. Texas Rangers in Arlington and Arizona in Phoenix and Jayce Field. Then so you
0: should not go to another stadium. <laughs> the rest of your well, life, I
1: can, go, I can go to a Rangers one though. You right? can,
0: yeah, you can go to the Rangers okay. game if it's all you want, and you can go to. So I'm not allowed to go to, to go, a Mariners game. Yeah, you can go to any NL stadium. <laughs> okay, you NL. Want. Gotcha. Not maybe American not the Dodgers though. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe not
1: the Dodgers. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna turn into Brendan. Basically, hey, if any any guy any t- NL team wants my <laughs> services, send yeah, me a ticket. Only the, NL. Yeah. Only the o- NL. Only the NL. Only the NL.
0: Only the NL. The Seattle, AL Seattle only. Hit me please. <laughs> please. 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 <laughs> Seattle moved to the NL and then Okay, I'll take that. Hit up Cullen. Yeah. Please. But yeah, moving on to game 2, uh Arizona responded. Mm-hmm. And it it looked like one of those games where and we talked about this towards the end of the Ranger season it, where the it looked like the offense just was non-existent. Mm. The best offense in the MLB this season, in the AL specifically, and they could not, for the life of them, Generated score. Generate yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, they got on base a few times and they had the opportunity to, to tie this game up a lot of times. But, dude, the runners in scoring position, like, yeah, they were left stranded. Also, it,
1: this was kind of expected... <coughs> excuse me um this was kind of expected in terms of the texas pitching staff because they had been playing out of their minds in terms of as of late and they needed to against the houston team to get to this world series point montgomery i couldn't tell you the last bad game he's actually pitched and he allowed four runs in this one martin perez and relief also had a really rough outing and everything yeah so i'm not going to say that it's everything like this is going to be the standard moving forward but it's also something worth noting that Texas is not invincible. Like they're not going to just sit there and have Corey Seager and Adolis Garcia hit home runs every game and also have lights out pitching to go along with it. Like you have to kind of sit there and think, okay, we'll write this one off. We got to forget about it. You know, just like a bad shot. You know, you forget about it quickly. Have a short term memory, and now you go into Arizona, where okay, as a road team, Texas showed in the last series they can win on the road. Now, granted, it was in their own state,
0: so how much of a road was it? Well, I, I, I still mean, think but, Arizona, could, but yeah. the point. The thing is, though, the Rangers are undefeated on the road this postseason. Right. You won, not only did you win two in Tampa, but you won two in Tampa after going to Seattle for your final series of the season Mm. and then flying literally corner to corner, long ways across the United States. Mm. You win two on the road in Tampa. Then you go to Baltimore, haven't gone home yet and you win three more two more and then come home and win the third game. This is a team that has proven that for some reason the road environment gets them going. Yeah. And you won your one at home and so now if Arizona has the home field advantage towards the rest uh, for the rest of the series better watch out because the Rangers know how to win on the road. And um I'm not saying that they're going to do it here because look there's a reason the Diamondbacks are here. Yeah. There's a reason that the Diamondbacks are in the World Series, just like the Rangers. And this is not a team that should be taken lightly because of their record. Like it's that doesn't mean anything. It's the playoffs. They made it here. They're competitive. And I did want to touch on game two and the pitching. Merrill Kelly. Yeah. Was lights out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely lights out. And I think the postseason he's been he's had like a 1.9 ERA. Mm -hmm. It's. It's insane. So, look, they used, I think, their best pitcher in the series at the moment. And you need to capitalize on the games where Merrill not, Kelly's not pitching because if he comes back in again, I'm I'm afraid of what our offense is going to look like again. So, um, shout out to Merrill Kelly on that performance as well.
1: <laughs> also want to give a shout out to Ketel Marte. His hit streak in the postseason is the longest in, obviously, Major League Baseball right now. Right. But- one of the longest in postseason history. Uh not a lot of I mean the Diamondbacks have a lot of guys that are performing out of their shoes, so to speak, out of their cleats. Uh I mean Corbin Carroll is a rookie, being a leader on your team this early. I mean, it's not something that's a foregiven conclusion that you call a guy up and he immediately becomes an all-star starter for you and one of the best players in all of baseball. Uh, Luis Guriel Jr. um also has been performing really well. Moreno behind the plate. He's been really solid for them. Tommy Pham, who's been a journeyman yeah. his entire career. Evan Longoria. Shout out yeah. to Evan Longoria for still putting in work here this late in his career. Um, and then you mentioned the pitching. I mean, the fact that the Diamondbacks, I to me, they just they re- legitimately go three or four deep um in terms of the rotation. And their bullpen has just been phenomenal uh this postseason. Uh Honestly, to me, and they're allowing just a little over three runs a game and total their entire pitching staff. The thing that it'll come down to for me is how the Rangers respond in game three because I think tonight's a really pivotal game. Um, After you split in Arlington, can you go into, to your point, uh, chase field and continue that road dominance and maybe kind of get your confidence back if you're a Texas Rangers fan? Or do the Diamondbacks say, hey, listen, game two wasn't a fluke. Like We feel really confident in ourselves. We think we can kind of maybe push the Rangers around a little bit, maybe um, work work our counts into a ways that kind of put them off balance. Because we've talked about it also. The Rangers, I believe one through nine, they're better than Arizona. I agree. At the same time, you do also need your pitching to complement that, and complementary yep. baseball is what wins you games, especially this late in the year. And Arizona, I think, does that as well, if not better than anybody. So it's really going to come down to, I'm just going to double check, uh, going into game three, this freaking app would load, um, going into game three, obviously tonight. It's going to, I think, going to come down to who can really get kind of get off to a hot start. Obviously Scherzer. Um, will he kind of regain back into form? Um, and then fat for the, the Diamondbacks. He's been a really good pitcher for them as well. Uh, and
0: he's really coming to his own this postseason. He has. Yeah. He and, really stepped up when they needed him to.
1: I I think it could come down to who really kind of jumps on the board first. Yeah. Could be the winner of game three tonight.
0: I agree. Uh, I agree. Um, But this isn't the Astros on the road. I mean, the Astros had the worst home record in the playoffs. They were under 500 in the regular season Mm. um, at home. But the Diamondbacks have only lost one at home so far this postseason. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a very... Very difficult last five games, and I mean that's what makes the World Series great, though. It is so it is. Um, excited to see what the Rangers do tonight. Um, but you know, there's a lot of guys that need to start stepping up. Simeon, for one.
1: Yeah, I Simeon needs to play up to his uh, paycheck seeger really has been really good. Adolis has been really good.
0: Evan Carter's been incredible.
1: Yeah, outperforming his kid. I just think the Rangers, they need to make sure also they don't tail off towards the end of their lineup. Um, yes. I would look for Leode or Young or um, one of those guys towards the end of the order um, to really try to maybe become aggressive tonight and see if they can kind of get the end of the bat starting.
0: The Rangers, get, the Rangers are so good because there can be days where the top of your their lineup is the hot ones and then that bottom of the lineup is cold. Mm-hmm. And then when the top of the lineup is cold, the bottom of the lineup usually is usually hot. And I think what happened on Saturday night was that just both those parts of the lineup were cold. Yep. And um yeah, no one <laughs> stepped up. And so hopefully, you know, one part of this lineup starts to step up and at least a part of it steps up each game moving forward, but Only time will tell.
1: Last quote from Scherzer. You have to match the moment. Absolutely. In terms of his performance tonight. So, yeah. But if you're interested to see, um, because the Rangers will need a Scherzer
0: tonight. Oh, we will. We'll need the best Scherzer that we can get. Um, But that's it for the World Series right now. Uh, Next time we record this podcast, we'll have a champion. And either Brendan and I are going to be very, very fucking happy or very sad. So, yeah, uh,
1: Saturday would be the last potential game, so... Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the fact... Listen, I'll say this, too. We'll see
0: if I need a, a quote-unquote sick day one day this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say
1: this, too. Rangers had a heck of a year, regardless
0: of regardless, the I'm Regardless. I'm not disappointed in this team whatsoever. Now, if we go and get blown out the rest of the series, I might be a bit disappointed. A little bit
1: sad, I would say. Yeah
0: but um it's a hell of a season. No one expected us to get this far. As
1: a so. neutral fan, it's been a really enjoyable World Series as well.
0: So, all right. Let's move on over to the world of F1. <music> I love the mariachi version of the Formula 1 theme song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so good so good. That was a great impression you just Of did. a trumpet. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Of course, buddy. <laughs> um yeah, so the Mexican Grand Prix happened and some storylines came of, of from
0: it. Um uh Aston Martin is cooked. Yes.
1: Oh my god. I feel so bad for Fernando. I don't. <laughs> you don't like Fernando Alonso? He
0: got so cocky like after he was winning oh, early after in the, the season Prix, and, and yeah. uh, it's just like dude Sorry. The,
1: the thing is is like the only reason I feel bad is he's made bad career move after bad career move which really isn't you're basically essentially like whenever you make a move to a different team because you're not in the freaking uh development factory you're yeah. almost trying to guess like hey I think this team could be really good yeah. going for. And it, it really ever since Ferrari when he uh was competing for championships he hasn't been that. I mean he's gone to uh, McLaren, he's always gone to Aston Martin, he's bounced around a little bit and uh Alpine or Renault. It's it's been rough for yeah. the
0: Spaniard. It has been rough, but um starting with qualifying, uh we had a Logan sergeant DNF shocker. Um <laughs> but the biggest storyline out of that was Lando Norris qualifying dead last. So it
1: wasn't, it wasn't dead last. It was I think eighteenth that he finished or something. It was nineteenth. Or it was nineteenth? Yeah. So, but the, he moved up because of some people... Because Yes, him, yeah. Yuki. after after okay. Yuki That's had no... On the road, yeah. yes, he qualified 19th. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're yeah. saying. Okay. Yeah, he he was... That was a shocker for me. So he put in what was essentially like a banker lap, which was not good. Right. Um, And then he had to rush his final two attempts. One of them got taken away because of a yellow flag at the end. And yeah, I mean, this is the world of Formula One. If Max Verstappen was in the same place, like would have been knocked out too. So you always have to make sure you're on your A game. And Lando will have those moments because we kind of forget about it because he's been kind of cruising in Max's wind wind tail at P2 for so long that whenever you kind of force Lando to put a really good one lap in, he's known to have kind of a sputter. Not like necessarily like putting it in the wall like Sargent. Right, right. But he'll kind of, you know, like have a a little bit of uh, wheel spin and, you know, maybe kind of cut a corner where he shouldn't. Um, and he kind of you know got caught out under that qualifying, and yeah, it's a big
0: reason why he didn't make it out of q one massive massive reason um and then another big storyline out of uh qualifying daniel ricardo p four in an alphatari ahead of none other than <coughs> checo Perez and a red bull. It was the biggest thing that
1: I took away from it was in q one and q two he got the teammate treatment of a lifetime from yuki yeah yuki was pulling him yuki obviously really unfortunate for yuki he had to switch out a power unit when he wasn't even in the car like yeah. he realized that um he was gonna be starting at the back of the grid so he played the ultimate teammate game helped daniel get through q1 get through q2 and you're kind of thinking at that point all right you made it to q3 probably gonna be starting in p10 maybe p9 if you're lucky nope to pull out a p4 And Yeah,
0: that's much more than just having a toe.
1: (laughs) Going into the weekend, AlphaTauri was last, dead last in the Constructors' Championship. And to pull out a P4 after just recently coming back from having surgery, my God, that was one of the most impressive things I've seen all season. That's up there with, like, Carlos Sainz's honestly win at Singapore. Like, that, that level of just shock that I had on my face. Yeah. So, I... Huge credit to Daniel Ricardo. Um Ricciardo. one of the best one of the best performances, not only on Saturday, but Sunday of his career.
0: Yeah. Then moving oh, well. Then there's another big storyline. <laughs> Both Ferraris outqualified Max Verstappen.
1: Yes. Charles is known to do this. Charles, for as lackluster as he can be on Sundays. Oh, I saw Charles on poll and I knew Max was gonna win this race. Yeah. His pull to, to win conversion rate is one of the worst, probably in F one history. Max has won
0: from a Charles, Charles Leclerc poll ten times now, and how many
1: how many times has Charles won from a Charles poll? That's like what I want to know. None. Yeah. Well, I mean, he obviously has, but um, yeah. Last year he did. Remember, he okay. qualified P one in Australia. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but still, I mean, either way, it's not a great it's
0: close to zero. Exactly, closer to zero than it is to ten. It is so
1: man eh, i'd say closer to like zero than it is to like 40 or 30 maybe okay anyways whatever it is charles is a one-lap monster well not beast comes to race day me well it's also
0: strategy doesn't help either for yeah, it's true. a lot of those races very were <laughs> ferrari very being true. very bad at strategy so yeah but he'll also at times too like i remember in the
1: french grand prix last year where he when it was in first place and yeah comfortably over max and he bends it out so it's not it's
0: not always Ferrari but yeah Ferrari does not help them in terms of strategy yeah. either. But um the top the top 10 ended up being Leclerc, signs Verstappen, Ricardo Perez, Hamilton, Piastri, Russell, Bottas and Joe Guanyu. And moving on over to the race it looks much much different <laughs> than that. Whoa. Uh shocker. Yeah. Max Verstappen won. He is inevitable. It is completely Briggs inevitable. Is, he
1: realized he broke his own record. For yep. most races in, one in a season. Yeah. I wonder how much he's going to fit. We said it at the beginning of the season. What did I say? Like 19 and a half, 20 and a half or something like yeah. that? I think it was 19 and a half. Yeah. I'm just saying. He, well, okay. So he got to 60. So actually, no. He can only get to 19. Yeah. Darn. Bummer. Stupid Carlos Sainz. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, No, it's the fact that he could win potentially 19 races is insane. No matter how many races are in a calendar.
0: Yeah. No, that's absolutely wild top our podium was Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton up from P6 and Charles Leclerc who didn't fall out of the top 3 but did not win this race from pole. Carlos Sainz in 4th, Lando Norris in 5th. What a hell of a performance from Lando. Great recovery drive.
1: He actually so there was a red flag in this race. He got up so he got up to P10 initially. Yeah. Then the red flag came out. Then he at the pit. Start, Yeah, well, he pit. Well, and then he came And
0: then they red flagged.
1: Right. But he came out so he's still P ten when they restarted it. Yeah. He fell down to P fourteen yeah. at the beginning of the restart because he yeah. had a bad start. So yeah. then he essentially made it from the back all the way to P ten, fell back again, and then made it all
0: the way up to P five. Insane. It's a hell of a race. Insane. Hell of a race. Yeah. George Russell in sixth, who was fighting for that position at the end of the race, uh with Daniel Ricardo behind him in seventh. Oscar Piastri in eighth. Uh, Alex Albon in ninth, and Esteban Ocon finished out the top 10 uh, ahead of Pierre Gasly. So... Yeah. It, yeah. Um, first off, Checo made it 500 meters and was out <laughs> of his own, his home race. Yeah. He
1: uh, and, used the slipstream and... Pff, yeah. Did he use it all right? <laughs> I mean, he... So he sat there, right? So Max... On pure just they they did the uh when they showed the replay, they, Max got off to a heck of a reaction time. So he was able to pull through both Ferraris and was his nose was ahead going into tournament one. Charles was maintaining, you know, he's fighting alongside Max. Checo, on the other hand, tries to go around outside a la Qatar earlier this year and was really aggressive. Thought he could maybe, you know, force Charles to break a little earlier, and instead Crashes into Charles's front wing. Charles sustains front wing damage. Checo has a hole inside of a side pod. And yeah, Checo's out of the race without even completing a lap.
0: Yeah, I do feel for him, man, in his home race. All those people were there to see him.
1: Well, then why would you do something so I know, reckless? I know. It's Literally, so stupid. But if you, okay, it, say even at the point when you realize, okay, Charles is sticking his nose in here. Yeah, he's going to stay. Stay wide. Just cut turn two. You'll have to give the positions up, and I know Formula One doesn't like that. Just just Cut to it. stay in. Yeah. Just to give yourself a chance. And I he went reckless and he thought he could pinch Charles out of there. And Charles was like, No, I'm gonna stay in here. This is mine. Yeah. And yeah. he had nowhere to go.
0: So yeah. um Kevin Magison had a pretty scary crash there in the middle of the race, caused the red flag. He's okay, but that was a very hard hit into the wall. Um
1: Yeah, it was a failure. Uh, yeah, like the, the
0: rear suspension just broke. On the, his driver's side, Just yeah. scary. Or left side. Something about these hosses, man. Just, yeah, when they break, they break. They break. <laughs> I mean, it literally happened to Grosjean. His car split in half.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mick Schumacher multiple times. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Lance Stroll, dude, is, just sucks. He sucks. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> Lance Stroll is so bad at racing. Yeah. And his dad just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind. He's so, so bad. He
1: doesn't. Um, I think it's the fact that he just doesn't care is what's. No, alarming. he doesn't.
0: Because he knows he's not losing the season as long as his dad's there. Yep. And I'm starting to believe it now, too. I know earlier this year, I was like, maybe he's got it. No. I think his dad sells the team. And that's when Lance gets kicked out.
1: There was little to no reaction when he literally shoved his personal trainer None. on live TV.
0: None. None like
1: here's the thing if you're not gonna hold him accountable for that, you're not gonna hold him accountable for why anything. should he feel nervous? Yeah,
0: exactly. I just yeah, yeah. Moving forward, um, next week we have Brazil, which is one of my favorite races of the season, one of Colin's favorite races of the season. Uh, this is such a fun race, um, and then we have two races left in the season after that. So the season from hell, it will have finally been ended. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty wild um, that we're this close to the end of the year, the end of the F1 calendar. Um, But yeah, man, going into Brazil, Lewis is now only 20 points behind Checo for P2 in the driver's standings.
1: You would think after his disqualification last week, you were like, ah, maybe it's too far for Lewis. And then Checo Checo was like, oh, I'm
0: having fun. Yeah.
1: Now it's twenty points. So basically, and
0: going into what is probably Lewis's best track,
1: right? And Lewis could very well win this race potentially. Yeah, and it's a sprint weekend. Yeah, so he has even more more potential for points. So realistically, I mean, if he comes away, and I'm I'm just gonna put this on the board. If you're on the podcast next week for whatever reason, Um, (laughs) if he is within ten or fewer, I think Lewis gets it after this race. Yeah, because it's. Checo has not even shown the ability to even come close to a podium in I don't know how long. No. And Lewis has been getting them repeatedly towards yeah. the end of the year. Because George Russell's not challenging Lewis in the slightest at this point. No. And Mercedes at least seems to have found okay, we're not at Max's level, but we could we can compete competing. with everybody else. Yeah, we're competing. So if if Lewis just keeps knocking in these P2s, P3s, I you it's know. His. It could be, and then now you have to sit there if you're a Red Bull fan. I'm going to call Bull. it
0: now and say Lewis is, finish, finish, is finishing P two.
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait because I'll, I, I want to see what happens after this weekend. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's looking on the cards. It's very possible. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Previewing this weekend, it's a sprint weekend. Yep. Um, I'm also going to say Lewis wins this race. He has been <sighs> he has been teetering on the edge of it for the last. Like, six or seven weeks now. Yeah. He has been outperforming the hell out of that Mercedes-Benz. And last week, not Mexico, but the week before at Coda, he was on Max's ass towards the end of that race. Yeah, he was. This is beyond, beyond anyone else's abilities. This is Lewis's best track. And he loves to perform in Brazil. And... He's proven it time and time again. And I'm gonna say Lewis P1, Max P two, Lando P three. Are you
1: saying sprint or the race? Race. Okay. I think Lewis could win one of them. The thing is, right, so Russell, George Russell won this race last year. Yeah. In big part because Lewis and Max, shockingly, came together yeah. in the uh, Senna S's. Yeah. Um I I think Max is still so dominant that if he's not gonna get swept. So I'll say that much. I think Max
0: wins the sprint.
1: I think, if anything, Lewis would win the sprint and Max would win the race because I think over a long stretch of period, I still think Red Bull, if if Max, you give him even just a little bit of ignition um, and long race pace, I think that's where the Red Bull really thrives. Yeah. Where I think in a short race distance, if Lewis can maybe get out in front and he just knows the track and knows where to defend and all that stuff, that's where he could thrive. So I'll say I'll say Lewis wins the sprint just so he can say that he's gotten a win for the first time since 2021, but I think Max wins the race. So I'll go sprint. I'll go Lewis, Max. Throw in a little cheeky Charles in there. Yeah, and then race. I'll say Max, Lewis, Lando.
0: Okay, so I like it.
1: I, I I I would love if Lewis won this race.
0: Technically, it's his home race now after his getting his citizenship. Yeah. So, so or one of his. That's home very races. true. That's very true. All right. That's it for the World of F1. We will be back next week to talk about that and then previewing the much long-anticipated Las Vegas Grand Prix in a few weeks' time. That one's going to be fun. Let's get on over to the NHL. We head on over to the NHL, where things look very similar to how they looked literally at the end of last season. Um, (laughs) The good teams are still good. The bad teams are still bad. The Boston Bruins are dominating the season to start, along with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and Montreal Canadiens. Top the rest of the Atlantic, the top three of the Atlantic. Um, The Metropolitan has the Rangers, Devils, and Hurricanes. Literally, just like last year. The top of the Western Conference. Shocker, the Avalanche, the Stars, and the Jets, and the top of the Pacific, the Golden Knights, the Canucks, and the Los Angeles Kings. The only difference there is that the Kraken are a bit further back. Well, so
1: also to the Oilers, because the Oilers were in contention last yes, year. Yes, Canu- you're right, you're and the, right. And the Canucks were not, so yes, that's the you're only right. one. And the only reason I know that is because I picked the Oilers to be the Stanley <laughs> Cup champions this year, and they haven't played like I thought they would. But I digress.
0: And throw a cuss word in there. Almost, I'm close. I'm close. <laughs> Look, man, the NHL season's still young. Um, not much to talk about other than the fact that Boston and Vegas are both just very, very good. Um, yeah, they have very dominant, high-powered offenses. They have very good, steady defenses. It's something that, um, yeah, we're we're waiting to see kind of play in, you know, uh, play, play out, but there's, there's a lot of things that can still change. There's a long season um, and we really won't know much about um, anything until after the All-Star break. But yep, um, what I'm really liking about the Stars this year is they look a little bit more balanced. Um, this team looks much more poised and they look like they've been here before. They have a bad taste in their mouth, in my opinion, about losing in the Western Conference Finals. Um, and, yeah, they're they're playing like it. I think they're playing extremely well.
1: Uh, also, shout out to my parents. They're going to the Stars game tonight. Nice. So Nice. Um, hey, for the first time ever that made that I have ever said this on this podcast, go Stars. Nice. Um, go Stars. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I I agree with a lot of your sentiment because, obviously, being a local team, you hear and just see a lot of coverage on the Stars. And Mm -hmm. I think they're a more complete team this year. Um, I'm waiting to see if they still have that level of explosiveness that they've shown where, offensively, I mean, you could put them with any team in the NHL and they could score with. Um, Not saying they can't do that, but I haven't seen that quite yet this season. Um, But sometimes that may be the price you pay because not always you know, is the best offensive team going to be the best team.
0: No, right, of course. Well, I mean, and they're not the best offensive teams because uh, there's teams with more goals than both those teams, um, mm-hmm. but they they are probably the best balanced teams in the league. I agree. Uh, so um, we'll just have to see how the NHL plays out moving forward. But um, yeah, not not too much to go on about.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of nailed on a lot of it. I like. What I've seen from Toronto so far, yes, I think they could potentially challenge Boston. And they just
0: cooked the Stars the other day, four to one.
1: Yeah, and they they look really good. Um, to Toro, yeah, the Metropolitans going to be a bloodbath. I think that division <laughs> yeah. could be potentially one of the best divisions in NHL. Uh, Kraken are still learning. Edmonton, pick up your bleep. Um, and then, yeah, shadow Vancouver. I, I've been really I like what I see from Vancouver. Mechanics. So I don't know if they're going to sustain it, but yeah, we'll um, figure it
0: out. Figure it out. Uh, Torch or
1: yeah. Also, I would expect the Wild. I know they're on a three-game losing streak. The Wild will be more competitive. Than what they will.
0: Been. They will. Yeah, the Wild have a really solid squad. But, um, yep. all right. I think that's good for the, for the hockey world.
1: Yeah. I it looks like you said it's very early. Um, more storylines will kind of fill in as we get more into the season. But it's World Series yeah. and NFL, college football, NBA time, which we're about to take it over to.
0: Fun fact about the equinox: four of those teams playing four of those leagues involve Dallas. They
1: are. They say Dallas. We have the
0: stars playing today, the Mavs FC Dallas in their playoff match against the Sounders. And, um, obviously the Texas Rangers in the world series game three. So this could be a rough day for me,
1: uh, or an incredible day. So let me ask you again, how rough is it being a Dallas sports fan,
0: dude? (laughs) (laughs) It's rough. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, my team's in the World Series. Boo hoo, boo me. If we lose, it's rough. If we win, I'll shut up about it. Okay, <laughs> fuck over yourself. <laughs> and on over to the association, and uh, I think it's pretty established after three games that Derek Lively is better than. Victor Whitman, <laughs> yeah. So,
1: listen, I tweeted it out after the game. Lively was the best rookie on the floor that night.
0: No, he was. And, um, now he was not the best rookie in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But overall,
1: <laughs> now, okay. So, last week, I did a NBA predictions.
0: Hey, guys, I'm kidding. Please do not come. Oh, they're, go- they're going to after this. Oh, uh, they're coming. Just a joke. They're good. They're NBA is very, They are, they very are on the basketball. way to the studio right now. As just to shit on me.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, here's what I'll say can pretend <laughs> kind of similar to what we did uh, with the NHL season. Cause I think you were also uh, sick or something that day um, or maybe just backed up with work, NBA predictions. Can we the get some Mavericks
0: or champion? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> no,
1: just, okay. Go real, real quick. Um, you don't have to do like the full playoff breakdown like I did, but just give me your playoff prediction or just give me your NBA
0: predictions for the season. Okay. Um, my, Eastern Conference Finals is going to be the Bucks over the Sixers. Ooh. Okay. You like the Sixers more than I do. But yeah. I like your pick. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, and then my Western Conference Finals, I'm going to go. It's tough. I've thought about it, and I've debated it so many times, man. I really want to be a homer here, but... I'm, I'm not going to, just for the sake of it being my team. So I'm going to say um, Nuggets over the Suns, and I'm going to go Bucks over Nuggets in the finals. You and I are almost identical.
1: Really? I, I just had the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals over the Sixers. Wow. So oh, don't know what that means, but hey, it's there. We'll see. Uh, also, uh, let's see, MVP, if you got one.
0: Ooh. Damian Lillard.
1: Interesting. Okay, I went with Jokic. Um, going with, let's do six man of the year. This one should be pretty obvious. Ooh. If you really think about it, because I named it and he's looked great so far. <sighs> Plays for a certain team in the association that uh, <laughs> is not in your team's conference. That no,
0: may- I, uh, Derek White. Okay.
1: I, lie, I like that pick, but that's not where I went. I went Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly is a great
0: choice, <laughs> too, but I like Derek White a lot. Ball Derek White is a different he human is. being. Oh, my God. That so. defensive backcourt with him <laughs> yeah. And Drew.
1: Yeah, it's not. Jeez. Um. Okay,
0: give me also your... Derek White
1: is a six-man, right? Yeah, he is. Okay. Well, he, he'll, he'll probably rotate it yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah. I'll give it to you. Okay. Um. Give me your rookie of the year. Ooh.
0: Derek Le- I'm just kidding. Uh, Victor <laughs> Webanyama.
1: I went Giannis. So, or not Giannis. Giannis. Sorry, I went, I was thinking of my Look next at Giannis. question. I went, oh my God. I, I went Chet Holmgren. <laughs> sorry. I was thinking of my next question that I was going to ask you, and I literally just flipped off it because I was going to go defensive player of the year next, which I picked Giannis. So, yeah, sorry. I, I'm going Giannis as well. Okay. And then coach of the year. If you had to name one, that's tough. Jason Kidd. Okay listen if that happens more power to you
0: (laughs) i had to be a homer somewhere okay
1: just so we got you on record because i know we'll be talking nba yeah all right now getting back to the breakdown now we can pretend the season actually started uh yeah
0: let's the magic are very good i'm just kidding (laughs)
1: listen Paolo bancaro i said before that draft i liked him the most and he hasn't even been the greatest the, the the best version of himself right um, but I this Orlando Magic team with Franz Wagner, you got Cole Anthony locked up. They just signed him with a deal. Like they're very the young
0: and very talented.
1: Yeah, Mo Wagner as well. Um, Mo Wagner, Wagner. Um, even Jalen Suggs, I think, will give you good minutes. They're just they will come down to earth, but I like what I'm seeing from them. So Do
0: you remember the Jalen Suggs hype?
1: Yeah i I was one of those people that I thought he would be one of the better players in that draft. I still think he can be. He can he, be very good. I in just the think league. also. Orlando is a place where guards go to die. They do.
0: They do. Yeah, <laughs> like no, Markel
1: Fultz, like a bunch of other guards that are just not panned. Like I think of the best guard that Orlando's had since Penny Hardaway, maybe Jameer Nelson.
0: Like, yeah,
1: it's like I mean I think T Mac. If you want to count him as a guard, I count him as like a point four ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jameer Nelson might be the best guard yeah, since Benny Hardaway. Since Benny
0: Hardaway. That's actually kind of nuts. Like, if you think about it. Yeah. You know? That is not a guard-friendly city. <laughs> that not. is wild. Big men, hey. they've God, I never, men. like, really thought about it, but that's actually insane. Hey, that's what we make you do on this podcast. Yeah. We make you think. The, big th- the top three of the East looks so funny right now. Magic, Pacers, Celtics, Pistons.
1: So that'd be the top big four. four. Yeah. I know. I just noticed the Pistons right
0: after. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it is. It's a little funny, but I think, like I said, those Indiana will be a team that I I had. I think around the plan. Like I think they could be postseason bound. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them, yeah, I think they'll come down to earth sooner rather than later.
0: But yeah, yeah. Boston's doing good. Yeah, the East is is looking interesting. Um, dude, I think Miami's not going to be as good this year. Dude, here's the thing.
1: I, I was talking about this with Brendan, and again. Brennan did his best at uh, basketball. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'll say this about Miami: Miami to me is a team that, again, we do this every year. They don't really make any substantial moves. You know, just get some undrafted guys. You know, do really good in the draft, and we're thinking, okay, only Jimmy Butler, only Bam. You know, Tyler Hero. What is he really? Yeah. And then they go out and they just have a deep run, and we're all sitting there being like, "Wow, what idiots!" Like, who yeah. wouldn't freaking pick Miami to reach this far? Because they're coaching, they're <laughs> Their coaching, their infrastructure, Jimmy Butler being their lead star. I'll say this: they'll be in the hunt. They will. Make they will it, of course, they will. They'll be. They will make it tough for either Milwaukee or Boston. And you have
0: semifinals. a team with Jimmy Butler that's being coached by Eric Spolstra, You're going to be in the hunt.
1: I like Jaime Haquez, uh, the rookie out of UCLA. The same. I think he's a really good basketball player. I think Hero being healthy will take the offense a load off. And it's Jimmy. actually
0: really crazy just, how often we see guys who looked really, really talented. In uh, in Miami, go sign big contracts and then just suck. I.e. Gabe Vincent. <laughs> Vincent hasn't looked the greatest. Uh I will
1: say Struce is looking pretty good.
0: Struce is looking pretty all right. Yeah. You're right.
1: Uh, now again, I think Vincent did sign a bigger contract than Struce, so maybe that's why yeah. there's a little bit more and yeah. the fact that he's in LA. Um, I will say this. Uh Miami, th- so it came out, right, that Pat Riley basically said we're not looking to invest into somebody we don't think is worth that much more money compared to Tyler Hero. So they clearly value Tyler Hero and what he is as a prospect. And they may have gone in more on Dame or Bradley Beal had right. they been willing to just be like, listen, we're right there. Let's just get the superstar and let's see if Jimmy Bam, you know, the crew can push through. Yeah. And Pat Riley and the Heat organization, I'm not sure if they all believe this, but they just believe that we've built this thing from the ground up. We can do this organically rather than try to get through free agency, which is refreshing because not a lot of NBA teams do that, i.e. Dame and now right, Holiday, right. two of your other Eastern contenders. But I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm like, I don't know if it's enough. Like you, I don't know if it's quite enough to get through the two superpowers in the East. I don't. And I mean, granted you had Philly up there. So obviously you think very highly of Philly. Um I don't know. Like Miami, they may not even take the regular season seriously. And you're sitting there like, yeah, Jimmy's just not having a great year. It's like, eh, you know, whatever. And then it gets to postseason time, and they're right there. But then they're going to ultimately come up with the same issue that they've had the last few years, that they're such a great team, but they just need that extra little bit to push them over the top. And I don't know if Tyler Hero is going to be it. No. So.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if Tyler Hero is going to be it either. Uh, yeah. I think Tyler Hero is Tyler a very talented basketball player, but he's not the X factor that the heat are looking for. I agree right now.
1: Yeah, Cause you look at him and he he can score 20 a night. There's no doubt about that. Right. That doesn't mean he's a potential two or three on a championship. team, Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, all
0: right. Um, moving on over to the West, uh, Chet is looking really, really talented still. Yeah.
1: I and mean, he is technically in the rookie of the year. Um, Picture obviously not playing last year. Right. Thunder, basically, this is where they're at. They've got a bunch of young talent, including Shea, ironically, who's already gotten paid. Yeah. But outside of Shea, they've got a bunch of guys that they are going to put out there and give meaningful minutes. I mean, literally just I'm looking at their season totals right here. Minutes, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys averaging double digit minutes. Wow. So, I mean, again, it's early. A lot of teams do this, but they've got talent, obviously, on the roster, but they're trying to look now and say, okay. Now we're looking to push forward. We've been a lottery team. We've been even flirting with the play-in tournament. Right. Now we need to start winning, and we need to see who is capable of winning in this kind of group with Shea, Chet. Obviously, is in their future. Yep, they invested a high draft pick yeah. on him. Lou Dort, I think, is a winning player. Uh, Jalen Williams, again, we'll see. He looked really good last year in spurts. We'll see if he can put it together. He looks good so far this year.
0: And Josh. then Jalen Williams, yeah, Jalen, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> the other Jalen
1: Williams. Um, you you know you also have Josh Giddey, who is. A given triple double at any point. um, Does he fit in? Uh Casein Wallace. I mean, Trey Mann. They've got a bunch of guys that they can really put out there. Um, They're just trying to figure out, okay, who's going to be a part of this run that we're looking to go on? So they're a team in the future. I had them as my dark horse kind of like could shock people team because I think they could potentially flirt with the six seed.
0: I mean, if they put it all together early, they what? absolutely can.
1: But that's obviously again given a lot and putting a lot on Shay's plate. But right. Shea's looked phenomenal he so has far, looked
0: incredible. Um, and then honestly, not much other noise out of the West. Um, the I'll, Warriors drop one earlier. The Suns drop one early. But yeah, they're they're fine.
1: Uh, here's I'll, I'll say a couple about both those teams, and then I want to talk about your Mavericks. Okay. Uh, Golden State, this Chris Paul thing is going to work if Chris Paul again it depends on his kind of yeah, ego. I Hate it. Chris Paul now putting the pressure off of Steph Curry to not initiate everything on offensive end. Yeah. I think the Warriors, like I said, I made it in my preseason. I thought that they could be the three seed in the West. That's totally in play. Oh, yeah. Because Chris Paul now makes Jonathan Kaminga viable. He makes Moses Moody a better player. He makes their bigs more viable whenever Curry goes to the bench. It is such an underrated acquisition and such a net positive going from Jordan Poole.
0: Chris Paul will get to them to Paul. the three seed but he will not get them past that because that's fair. That's fair. Once we all know what happens once Chris Paul hits the playoffs.
1: That's fair, but it's also not on him now to be even one of the primary. If, that's what I'm saying about his ego. If he can take the fact that he may sometimes have to come off the bench or even permanently go to, because yeah. he's just not at that stage of his career anymore. Yeah. This team could go places. Also, I do think they need to acquire maybe one more big at the deadline. Cause I still think if you go up against a Denver, um, or a Los Angeles like they did last year and they just get bullied, yeah. they could still do that this year. Um, Phoenix, I'll say this, they just need to, I want to see them get healthy. Yeah. We've uh, not I, seen I, the three-headed monster yet. No. But their role players, they got—they have talent. They
0: have the role players. They do. They have the role players. All right. So. Mavericks.
1: All right, let's talk. You're, no. <laughs> your in-game lineup by the end of the season should be lively that we mentioned earlier. Yes um i want to say grant williams yep josh green yep Kyrie luka yep i want that that line I, I fully agree that lineup to me is if the mavericks don't change anything obviously at the trade deadline or buyout market that should be the ideal mavericks lineup that uses to close out games yeah because you've got now okay one non-shooter and lively but he re- obviously protects the paint at a extremely good level and he started
0: the this season at like 89 or 90%. Yeah. Now now you're
1: going to have to wean him in because obviously he's not used to the the wear and tear of the NBA Of course, of course. But you have Grant Williams also who can be a de facto short five if you need to, but he can also stretch the floor with threes. Um, Josh Green provides energy, can defend on the wing. And he's only getting better. Yes. And he needs to work on his three-point shot because he could be lethal if yeah. he is, it becomes a knockdown three-pointer. Oh, the shirt. way
0: he finds, he always finds an open corner. It does. It's insane. And he's
1: always, he to me, the one thing I appreciate about it when I was you know covering the Mavs last year is he would make the little plays just consistently, like a little yep. tap-ins, little yep. 50-50 balls, and then obviously start Kyrie and Luka. That to me is if the Mavericks truly like want to get to their ideal form, that is the lineup that they need to get to by season's end.
0: I feel like I've said this year after year after year after year, but it's true. Over time, Luca's lob threats have gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. Right? I said it last year about Javel McGee, but right. let me ignore that. Right. But this is legitimately the best lob threat Luca has played with. Yep. In Derek Lively. He's much more athletic than the last bigs that he's had yeah. access to in uh, uh, JaVale and um, Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell. Yeah. And Maxi. Yeah. Derek Lively and Rich Juan Holmes are going to be, I think, pivotal to this. And yep. as the season goes on, and I agree, I think that five spot, you're going to start seeing a lot less of Rich Juan Holmes, a lot less of uh, Maxi and Powell, and you're going to start seeing a lot more Derek Lively because he came in game one and he played better than the number one overall pick. And he yeah he looked he looked ready for the moment
1: he did so I was impressed because I mean you, you and lobs. and he stayed out of foul trouble he did the one thing I was impressed with and you you obviously highlighted it it was his above the rim play yeah I I knew he could fly I didn't know he could fly like dude that.
0: yeah <laughs> his putbacks and his lobs oh yeah that was his, his oops now, oh my god that was eye opening
1: <laughs> yeah. it was um and the Mavericks he is the prototypical guy that they need going forward with Luca. Yeah. Like he is a guy off the ball can play defense and catch and finish lobs at the rim. He's a better version of Dwight Powell in so many ways. Yeah. And they don't need him to shoot because they have shooters everywhere. I mean, say what you will Kyrie can shoot. Luca can obviously shoot. Grant Williams can shoot. Um, Tim Hardaway, Josh Kareen can, you know, is getting better at shooting. Maxi Kleba can shoot off the bench. Jaden Hardy can also score. Like they have guys and some of that I even mentioned that can put the ball in the hole from the outside they just need a guy that is a defensive-minded anchor for the future of this team. Yeah, And Luca, again, one of those things that, it, you know, trying to now build this team on the fly with him and Kyrie, I felt like this was a really good move by the Davos Mavericks. And like I said, towards the end of the year, I really hope Lively a, hey, is healthy, knock on wood for that, but also just the fact that he has gotten experience enough with switches, you know, rotations, all that, to be capable of being in that final closing lineup with Luka, Kyrie, and the whole crew. So that's that was my biggest takeaway from what I've seen so far. Obviously, you'll mix in Hardaway. You'll mix in Jaden uh, Jaden Hardy. You'll mix in Seth Curry. You'll mix in Kleba, you know, even Powell, as much as Andrew doesn't like hearing that. But um, yeah, no, I think that should be... And then Derek Jones, obviously, too. But yeah, I think the Mavericks, that to me was immediately like... I could be shocked. I could be wrong. That should be... Towards the end of the season, your final five. I agree. I oh. agree. One last thing, too, I'll say because I, I don't know how much more NBA Denver Nuggets look so good, man.
0: Yeah, I'm they, I mean, oh, I did want to touch on something. Else go, right go ahead. No, 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 no. We can talk about the Nuggets real quick. Uh, Jokic, Jokic yeah. legitimately looks like he wakes up <laughs> from a nap before every game and drops and just drops 30, 40, 50. He, they were doing... Triple gra- doubles. They did a graphic. I, I want to say it was
1: either the first or the second game of the season. He's going to get really high, potentially, how well he does this season on yeah. the triple doubles list. Yep. Like, he's going to be chasing after Russell Westbrook. Yep. And um, they lost Bruce Brown, was, like, their main loss in the edition. And my whole, whole main thing, right, going into the season was, like, I worry about their depth. Not that it's necessarily a weakness, but I just was like, hey, you know, like... How far, because you're moving Contavious Caldwell-Pope now into the starting lineup after Bruce Brown left, and you still have, you know, Murray, Pope, Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic, really good starting lineup, obviously won the championship. Yeah. How well is Christian Braun going to play? How well is Reggie Jackson going to play? Uh, DeAndre Jordan's very much on his last legs. Who's going to be the backup big for them? So far, shout out to Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets development staff. They haven't missed a beat. No. It nope. seems like without They <laughs> almost Brown, look better.
0: Which is scary. Yep. Terrifying. I didn't want to touch on the in-season tournament courts. Okay. I think, and I've seen a lot of mixed reviews on these. You sent them in our... I'm just going to pull them up in the X chat, right? Go ahead, yeah. Yeah. Every single court is fully colored. There's not a single just regular colored hardwood court. And I think that's really cool. There's... Because there's not much difference between the regular season and this in-season tournament because these in-season tournaments games count as regular season games. So, I don't know. Just being able to watch the in-season tournament games and see something different, unique, like, I think that's a really cool thing. Unlike their city jerseys that they came out with this year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Right.
1: And... I I mean, I'm looking at these. Sorry, I was kind of busy all day.
0: They remind me of the... Um. Remember when they used to put the big ass Larry O'Brien trophy mm-hmm. in the in middle the of the court? Yeah. That's one of the coolest things they used to do yep. and they took it away from us. So doing specialized courts like this I think is a really good idea and some of them look better than others. But yes. yes. But dude, like Phoenix's purple court with Laval, like the Lavali in the middle of it looks insane. Looks so one. good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, there's some out there that I'm like, I'm not a fan. Like this, for, did you see the Pelicans court?
0: Yeah, Pelicans looks awful.
1: Yeah, purple and green. Yeah, what is this? The, the Mavs.
0: The Mavs court is like all gray, uh, which boy. I don't actually don't hate.
1: Oh, here it is. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. That style of writing has become synonymous with Dallas, and I didn't. I never really thought of it that way until like recently. A lot of designers have been using it that way.
0: Yeah. Well, also that's uh, an ode. To Leon Bridges, that's okay. who's from Fort Worth. Gotcha. So,
1: gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, I like some of these, and don't be wrong. I love the create because here's the thing: I'm for like you said, just getting away from the minimal- minimalistic crap yeah. that's been happening all over sports. So I do appreciate. Th- there's just some of these I like, some of them I don't, and obviously we're waiting to see them in person too to really judge them because right. sometimes they don't look like the picture. Um, like, I think the Celtics one looks nice. No, the Celtics one looks so
0: sick, dude.
1: Yeah, and then there's just, like I said, there's other ones. Like, I don't love the fact the Chicago Bull is all white in the Bulls one. I like the uh, Nuggets one a lot. The blue just looks so good. Yeah, with yellow. Blue and yellow is are honestly one of the underrated. Color Purple combos. and gold and blue and yellow. Yeah. Elite combos. Warriors, just all. Warriors, to me, I don't remember the last time they've had a bad just anything in terms of their marketing they're st- it's annoying
0: it <laughs> is they're just good at everything man uh stupid h town eh, it's okay yeah there. some of these missed some of them did but i overall but i get your sentiment. the concept overall i think is cool
1: ironically i felt that, like the lakers could have done more
0: oh yeah the lakers could have they yeah. could have had a specialized logo or something you know Milwaukee, I don't necessarily love the fact that that, that blue kind okay, of stands out in that green. But I love I love the in season tournament trophy yep. being like in the yes, lane. I do like that. Like it, it brings and back notes of that big trophy at the center court. Yeah. And the fact that it's they've got it not only at center court, but also coming from the out of bounds to the free throw yes.
1: line. Yes. I like that as well. Yeah.
0: I do. And then the, that line that goes across the center. I I don't know. Okay. It's different. It's differentiating. What was that one I just saw? It's differentiating the, um, the in-season game, the in-season tournament to the regular season. It creates just some sort of different type of feeling. So I'm excited to see how this tournament plays out, how the players react to it. I think the fact, like I said, that the regular season games um, also count as in-season tournament games when they, when they play those kind of helps with players wanting to participate because it means two things now than just one, so...
1: Well, the NBA clearly is addressing or attempting to address their one of their big issues, which was participation in the regular season. Yeah. Regular season, And with this tournament and also with the now required amount of games uh, to be played if you want to be considered for all NBA teams, yep. awards, all that stuff, yep. I think Silver and the crew are heading in the right direction. And um, yeah, I think it's a positive step. I'm obviously very excited to see it happen. But yeah, I agree. I like the NBA taking bold stances like this. Yep.
0: All right. All right. Let's move on over to the world of football. Football, 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 football. Uh, College football could not hurt me this week. (laughs) Why is that? Because there's no tech game. Well, that is a good reason. Well, (laughs) I lied because college football did hurt me this week financially. Yeah, we'll get into that. (laughs) We'll get into that. All right, kicking off the top 25 matchups this week, Georgia-Florida, Georgia 43, Florida 20. They don't miss Brock Bowers. No. At all. At Not in the science. And also
1: Graham Mertz overrated.
0: Yeah, very. Uh, Ohio State continues rolling through the Big Ten, 24 to 10 over Wisconsin. I think them, and we'll get into Penn State in a second, they are just a tier below Michigan. They are. In just my opinion. But Michigan probably is going to get like the death penalty or something, so...
1: We'll see how that all turns out. It's just crazy. Yeah. So they're on a bye week this week too.
0: Yep. Uh, Florida state 41, wake four is 16. Jordan Travis still incredible.
1: Yeah. He deserves to be in the Heisman uh, discussion um, with teams and players having up and down
0: performances. It's an open race. And I don't remember the last time this late into a season. It's been that way. Yep. Uh, Washington 42, Stanford 33 week after week. Now, after that performance against Oregon, I'm starting to see Washington become one of those teams slowly. That, uh, gets into the top five, and then week after week after week after week, they kind of are like, okay, maybe they're not going to play up to this expectation.
1: Now Stanford's pulled out performances like this throughout the year. Yes, but, but they Washington also had no, no, no. They, they. I called them out last week, uh, after their performance against Arizona State yeah. when you literally couldn't score an offensive touchdown. I am happy with the fact that Michael Penix and the crew seem to get it back on track. And look, Stanford's 2-6. and six. I'm not going to hype them up too much, yeah. but it's not like Stanford has... I mean, they beat Colorado earlier. They've made things close with USC. Like, they could play up to their competition yeah. at times. But yeah, definitely keep your eye on Washington.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Biggest upset of this week, though, by far. Mm-hmm. Kansas 38, Oklahoma 33. Um, Kansas' quarterback didn't throw a touchdown. And not only that, he threw two picks also. and He did, he did run one in. He did run one in. Yeah. But. Oof.
1: But they got the win. So who really?
0: Who really if? cares? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying oof to Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. No, like, it's 14 and 19 for Dylan Gabriel. I understand he ran the ball 14 times and scored three touchdowns. Somebody's got to just tell someone's got to step up. Yeah. And it's look, they've had issues at receiver. Um, I think they were missing one of their bigger targets today. I forgot his name. Brennan said it whenever Texas beat OU. Yeah. Or OU beat Texas. Excuse me. Uh, Drake Stoops. Respect him. Obviously, that name carries a lot of weight in Soonerland. Oh, absolutely. Um, He cannot be your number one target. Nope. I'm sorry. Nope. Uh, and Kansas, listen, we called it versus Texas. And again, had they not had the last-minute quarterback switch, maybe they would have given Texas a more challenging kind of output. They are a team that can beat anybody in the Big oh, 12. Oh, they can. And they obviously prove that. This is
0: a very dark horse for the Big 12 championship game.
1: And uh, people of Lawrence now have a football team to... Uh, Which is goodbye. stupid. It's not fair. It's not... Fair. <laughs> this isn't fair, man. Hey, hey man. It, life, so is life. You know, it's just one of those things. Duke is decent at football. Yep. North Carolina is very good at football.
0: Yep. And now Kansas is good at football. Yeah, because they realize where the real money is. Invest in that program <laughs> and see what true, happens. Very, very true. <laughs> but what's crazy is they like released renderings for their stadium redesign and it's somehow worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. Continuing on. Texas yep. 35 BYU 6. Texas handles business like they should against a BYU team. I do need to talk about Malik Murphy though. Yeah. Uh does did not look great. He didn't look bad, but he did not look Quinn Ewers level, no. No. And it kind of shocks me to think like after this massive incredible training camp that apparently Arch Manning had. What is it that's holding him back from being the number 2 versus Malik Murphy? I understand Malik Murphy is a red shirt freshman versus arch being a true freshman, but
1: no, I think I, you hit it right on the money. I, so I never personally said this, but I watched the Texas spring game. Cause obviously Arch Manning, yeah. of course, he does not look like a cable starter in college football right now. Now, could that change? Of course, if they would have thrown him out there, you, you obviously touched on Malik Murphy's performance. He is not the second best quarterback on Texas yeah. at this moment.
0: He's now, not flatly. yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. But the thing is, is like, if Malik Murphy keeps playing like this, at some point you're going to have to I, like put I said, arch in there. Like I said, I don't think Malik... People are going to start asking questions if you
1: don't. Malik had, again, two touchdowns, again, 16 to 25, He woke up
0: later in the game. He did.
1: And that's what... I, I'm not as harsh on him. Like, I think he did fine. Again, first start, maybe had some nerves. Uh... I don't think he's even looked at as a long-term starter per se. Like I think Quinn could come back potentially quicker than expected, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think Murphy will be fine for the time being. He also adds a little bit of a running threat. Um, Obviously, didn't run much this game. I think they were mainly focusing on give Jonathan Brooks the ball and try not to make too many mistakes. Yeah. He did have the one interception. Yeah. But I think Texas will be fine. I mean, let me pull up their schedule real quick. I don't think that you make the switch to. Arch Manning. Now, they do have a big game coming up against Kansas State. That is a big upset alert. But I think Malik Murphy, given Steve Sarkeesian's now kind of seeing him on game film, will now know
0: kind of where that to... That game um, plan needs to go. Yeah. I I, I think But what scares me, if you're a Texas fan, is other people are seeing the same issues and the same things. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes your offense one-dimensional. Um, if you're strictly relying That's on actually. Jonathan Brooks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll it, see. It could be a problem, for What's sure. crazy is the two best running backs in the Big 12 right now both have the last name Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Um, so, Brooks is really good. Um, Get you a Brooks. Both Brooks. <laughs> um, all right, Oregon. Number 8, Oregon 35. Number 13, Utah 6. Uh, Oregon just looks incredible.
1: They look like a playoff team. They do. I, I, I trust me, I, <laughs> nobody probably in the country <laughs> hates to say that more than me, but it's true. They look like a bone
0: looks very, very good this year.
1: He does. Um, he has finally corrected the thing that's plagued him his whole career, which is turning the ball over. Yep. He has one interception. Ironically, it was against Colorado. Yep. I don't know if you remember. Yep. Um, yeah. 2,300 yards for the air, 21 touchdowns, 85 quarterback rating. Um, he also now started his, what, 56th game, which broke his own record from last week. <laughs> and, um, look, I, we'll get into the... I'm not going to slander him. It's not that time yet. But um, someone also did not feel good about this result. Uh, Andrew, you want to
0: talk about it or anything? No, I don't. Someone, I think, uh, okay look, had a little Utah, skin in the game. Utah... <laughs> utah plus 195 was just a very attractive bet was it um before the game yeah um and i was looking at you know their performance against usc which granted you know you made a good point oregon is not usc's defense Mm -hmm. um but yeah
1: i said it last week i i picked utah out of principle of the bet that i
0: made you live and die by the utes yeah
1: and I would have picked Oregon because
0: they just look like a yeah. I'm not. Dynasty. I'm not betting on Utah the rest of the season. So They're just, they got a they got a uh, first year starter. Look, man, that's why the line was so nice. That's why I took it. You want to hear something funny? What I was um I was texting my brother and.
1: Uh, because we were talking about your bet that you made. Yeah, and um, I was like, yeah, man, maybe I should ask them on uh the podcast next week if I have a cash out option for my Phoenix bet. <laughs> <laughs> is there any is there a cash out button on this thing? Because it looks like Oregon's gonna hit the ten wins. <laughs> you know, ironically, who I have to rely on now? Three more wins, man. Yeah, three more. You you know who I have to rely on now? Hmm. Caleb. Yeah, which is again Superman, but also that team is bleh. yeah. And then, potentially, the second best, or maybe the first best, but it's at the end of the year, just to get to 9-3 and three going into the postseason. That's the only way I could even potentially salvage this. Is A, if USC probably wins, unless Oregon slips up. Yeah. Or DJU and Oregon stay at the end of the year. Yeah, it's not looking good for me. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, I made a stupid bet. Especially betting, with a
0: bowl game, too. Guaranteed a bowl game. Right.
1: And, again, that, that, that and was... And maybe a Pac-12 championship on top of that. Well, yeah. Now, with their you know, win over Utah, it's yeah. definitely more likely that they're going to. Um, look, I made a bet, uh, a team bet on a quarterback position. That's on me. And I'm going to have to pay the price for it more than likely. So, yeah. it's just... I don't like it. And I don't like the fact that it's probably going to come in three weeks against... Who does Because I know they have like a they have a lesser game this. Yeah, okay. So they go against Cal this upcoming weekend. <laughs> Oof. Uh, then it's against USC. Yep. And then they're at Arizona State. Oof. So literally, I my hope is pretty much in Caleb Williams just to extend it to the last yeah, game of the regular season. That's
0: that's rough. So yeah, it's not be great rough. for me. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Number
0: ten, Penn State, thirty three, Indiana, twenty four. Uh, not much to say about that game, but Penn State bounces back after one more a rough loss.
1: Do you, you have a jersey bet coming or Brendan? You guys didn't respond to my text.
0: I don't know, man. I was thinking about it. I don't know if I have one or not. But okay. I, I'll come up with one, but it has to be better. You know, it can't be forced. You know, that's what I fair. Mean? Okay. Yeah, but getting back to Penn State, um,
1: they have came down to earth and Drew Aller is not who we thought we were. He had a here's the thing, he had a decent game against Indiana. He is not, at least at this point, him
0: yet. Yeah.
1: And Penn State, I'm sorry to your prediction, um, and to be honest, I predicted them to beat Ohio State, so I'm in this too. They're not as good as we thought they were. No. They are the Penn State of, it seems like, every year. You get all this preseason hype. They go up against one of the big two, and they lose. Yep, And now they're just probably going to lose to Michigan again, Yep, and
0: they'll play in a decent bowl game, and that'll be the end of their season. Yep. Could not have said it better myself. Moving on to DJU and Oregon State that you had just brought up. They suffer a loss to Arizona. And it is time to talk about Arizona football. God, they're so good. I said it two weeks ago. I'll say it now. Arizona is very, very good at football this year. Which another team that's predict or presumably really good
1: at basketball that's now become good at football. Yep,
0: <laughs> ridiculous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, Arizona to me, um, they're not like a top level. Like I still would pick in terms of a hierarchy, right? Like, I know they beat Oregon State. I If they play 10 times, I would still pick Oregon State most of the times to beat them. Right. Respectfully. But they did get their win, so get their credit. But out of the hierarchy in the Pac-12, this is how it shows you how good the Pac-12 is, right? You still have Oregon, right? You still have Washington. Still have USC. You have Oregon State. I think UCLA could give them a real, tr- you know, fight for their money. Yes, yes. Um, and then Utah, I know they lost with a freshman. Utah up front is still big and bad and all that stuff. Yep. So, listen... The fact that Arizona might even be the 6th or 7th best team in the conference and they're this good shows you that the Pac-12 is the most competitive
0: conference in college football this yep, year. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Number 12, Ole Miss, over, 33-7 and over Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's still just not good at football. Yeah, but Jackson Dart and Lane Kiffin
1: are. Yes, they are. My God, this might Very be the best Ole Miss team that we've seen in I don't know how long. And I don't like it. <laughs> Ole Miss
0: does not deserve good things. Um, for a lot of reasons, Wait,
1: well, yeah, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, a
0: lot of you could get a whole episode over the reasons Ole Miss doesn't deserve nice things. I agree. All right, uh, number 14 Notre Dame continues to roll 58 7 over Pitt. Um, Pitt is just not good this year,
1: yeah, they're not. And Sam Hartman, while Notre Dame at times has been inconsistent, he can win against Pitt,
0: future Super Bowl champion winning Dallas Cowboys, Sam Hartman. L O oh, L. No I'm kidding, man. I'm just running L O L I'm running with it. I'm running with it. L O L. All right. Second biggest upset of the week, in my opinion. Georgia Tech, 46 over number 17, North Carolina, 42. Drake May looked really good in this game. He does so almost every single week. The rest of his team is letting him down. I mean, he had a slow
1: start to the beginning of the season, but yeah, as of late, he's picked it up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, this was not a good loss for the Tar Heels. Uh, It's really tough because this could have been the year. I was talking about it last week with Brendan. This could have been the one year that they could have vowed for the ACC championship game. And now it just seems like they're just letting this opportunity slip through their hands. They're still going to get a good bowl game, you know, Um, maybe against Penn State. Who knows? Uh, I just, the, the Tar Heels to me, they just lack that a, just you know when an experienced team, and I know it's not rare in college football, but you know when an experienced team, they just know how to win? Yep. That's what I think North Carolina lacks in certain regards. Like They're talented, clearly. I mean, they're going to have guys that go to the NFL. They just don't know how to win in certain scenarios, and that's, I think, the one thing that they're missing from this program, and hopefully they'll get it soon for their fans' sake. Let's hope.
0: Uh, all right. Number 18, Louisville. Number 20, Duke. Oh, boy. Louisville, 23-0. to Riley Leonard's not healthy. He's not. They're forcing him out there and he he just does not look okay.
1: Just let him sit. Yep. He just tell him, hey, listen,
0: we know you're trying to get
1: potentially next level. I mean, Kuyper had him at his third quarterback at yeah. one point. Um, listen, we think it's best if you stay another year, take another year of development, you know, we'll have another recruiting class come in, all this stuff. Cause just I understand the hot start and beating Clemson, they were riding on such a high He's asking his teachers on live TV if he could have an assignment off or homework like I get it. But now we've come back to reality a little bit and Duke just needs to reload for one more final run. And I think the best way in doing that is potentially just sitting Riley down. Hey, let's get you healthy. Let's get you ready. Let's kill it in the offseason. Let's come back strong in
0: 2024.
1: Yep. Louisville though. Hey. They might be challenging Florida State. No, Louisville is looking really, really good this year. Yeah, that's another story. Outside of their one loss, they're like one weird loss by double two scores or whatever. Yeah, they're
0: looking pretty good. No, they look pretty great. We will we'll we'll see where they are at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, number nineteen Air Force thirty over Colorado State thirteen, Air Force. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Twenty one. Shout out to Air Force. Shout out to the Mountain West, I guess. Yeah. Future home of what. Would have been future home of a lot of Pac 12 teams, maybe, um, maybe just two of them, but they saved themselves. Yeah, um, number 21 Tennessee 33 over Kentucky 27. Uh, what a fall from grace,
1: Kentucky's had,
0: dude. It's yeah, I mean, SEC play started.
1: So, <laughs> were you saying that their out of conference schedule wasn't up to the level of their counterparts in their own conference? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> Joe Milton didn't even have the greatest game, but Tennessee just was the
0: better team. Throughout. Oh, with the overall top yeah. to bottom was the better team.
1: And it, this game, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was six point difference to me. I felt like throughout the entire time, I had more confidence in the volunteers than I did the Wildcats.
0: Yeah. Just I agree. Simple. I agree. Number 22, Tulane, 30 over Rice, 28. Uh, the green wave keeps waving. Shout out to my green Wave. Four, family. knowing the American 7-1 overall. Tulane only loss coming to Ole Miss in an out of conference matchup and it was a really close one at that. Uh yeah. I like I like Tulane a lot this year. They were hot last year to finish off. They were you and Britton's pick to win the uh the Cotton Bowl win over USC and then yeah, continue the on this year. Yeah. Yep. So good on I like y'all. it. Good on y'all. Like it, like it, like it. Number twenty three, UCLA over Colorado. You want to talk about a fall from grace? Yeah. Colorado. Um, you know, and look, I don't think anyone expected Colorado to have win a natty this year. And if you did, you're delusional. Right. Um, I didn't expect Colorado to have, have six wins this year. Yeah. Um, and they're right on track with that. They're shown that, you know, TCU was bad mm-hmm. and is bad. Yes. Um, Nebraska not that great. Nebraska's not good either. Um, Colorado State's Colorado State. Yeah. And, and you Arizona almost State. lost to Colorado State, and you almost too. lost to Arizona State. Yeah, so um, twenty-eight to sixteen. Um, this says a lot more, I think, about uh, Colorado than it does UCLA. I agree. Um, so um, weird story coming out of that game, though. Apparently, players yep. had a bunch of jewelry stolen out mm-hmm. of their locker room. Yep. Um, which hopefully that gets figured out because that's that's just like not okay, right? Uh, for someone to be able to get not only into the locker rooms but to steal Blind, players' yeah. things. So, um,
1: also I said it, I said it I said it when it happened. I said it. it, I, said it, it I said it. I said it, it. I I'll say it again. That loss to Stanford basically killed Colorado's chances of having a postseason. Yep, because they're not look at their schedule, dude. I mean, seriously, you tell me the two wins that they can get. no they, they have <laughs> Oregon State. Nope. They've got Arizona that we no. just talked about. Washington State, L. Utah. L. They might finish
0: four, and what is that? Eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Hey, three more wins than it was last year. You're making progress in the right direction. That's what I'm saying. But anybody but who thought still, they were? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who? Yeah. There was a lot of hype. Dude, it's crazy how the hype has just. Pfft. Yep. You remember at one point, you could go to the sports center and ESPN Instagrams, and it was literally just all, all Colorado. Colorado, all Colorado, all Colorado, all prime time.
1: Even like instagrams that weren't even affiliated with college football would be posting yeah
0: yeah yeah ridiculous yeah all right uh continuing on caleb williams is still very good at football but the rest of usc is not (laughs) 50 to 49 over cal 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 Cal. we you beat cal Cal
1: by one point yeah we i mean we got our butts kicked by cal but the fact that uh yeah, it was this close. Really, just shows how far USC has fallen as a program. Yep. Um, Caleb Williams, if he's not Superman, to your point. Yep. They do not win. And yep. God, dude, I mean Marshawn Lloyd, I like him as a running back. Austin Jones, him and are nice, decent. You know, backfield. You know, they got some decent receivers. Zechariah Branch, I still think, is one of the most explosive players in college football. I agree. But golly, they are struggling everywhere else. It is it is Caleb Williams or bust.
0: When are people going to stop believing that Lincoln Riley can change and have a defense? I was talking to my brother, ironically, before I drove out
1: here to record this. Um, Lincoln Riley is somebody that he either has to change his scheme, which he has no shown no indication to. Yeah. Or he has to change defensive coordinators. Yep. Which those guys in college, they don't change them. They're no. too loyal to their own guys. Yeah. This is going to be USC's reality now for as long as Lincoln Riley continues this behavior. Yep.
0: It's a shame. Yep. All right. And then finally, the final game of the top 25, James Madison 30, Old Dominion 27. Uh, I – shout out James Madison, man. Second year in the FBS, moving up from the FCS, after being just completely dominant. And it kind of sucks for them that they uh, aren't allowed to be in a bowl game this year. So – yeah.
1: It is what it is. They're building the foundation for a great future, though. And they're
0: gonna have a great one. So so sure. shout out to them. Shout out James Madison. Yep. Moving on to the top twenty-five. Yep. Uh for this week. All right. Biggest changes. Oklahoma falls down four spots, obviously, after a loss to Kansas. Mm-hmm. That happens. Uh Kansas gets back into the top twenty-five at twenty-two. James Madison moves up to twenty-three. USC sits pretty at 24. Kansas State sneaks into the top 25 at 25. Um, and not much other than that, other than Oregon State falling five spots after their loss. Um, you mentioned the Utes, right? Yes. And the Utes have fallen out of the top. Oh, no, sorry. 18th. They're 18th.
1: Yeah. Um, what I'll say as Kansas State, the, the voters know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They know what game's about to come up.
0: Oh, yeah. They they want the top 25 matchup. You speaking, know how it is. Speaking of, do you want to get into these matchups uh, going into this week? Let's do that.
1: TCU at Texas Next. Tech. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it?
0: A Thursday night game. TCU at Texas Tech. Two very bad teams. No thanks. You're telling me you won't be watching it? Nope. I call BS on that. But <laughs> no, whatever. Yeah, I'll be watching it. <laughs> night game and love it. Come on now, baby. Uh, that's come what I thought.
1: Now. That's what I thought.
0: Come on now.
1: Uh, all right. All right. Saturday, 25 Kansas State. At number seven, Texas. That is upset written all over it. All over it. What is the I'm gonna look at the line real quick. Um You would pick Kansas State to win the Big 12. Obviously, I'd pick Texas to win the Big Twelve. So out of principle, I feel like I have to take Texas. They're minus four, by the way. Um if I minus four? Minus four to Texas as of right now. So plus four Kansas State? Plus four Kansas State. Oh, I'm about to say that might be a number Andrew gets some skin in the game for. Hammer. Um I like I said, I'm a roll with Texas out of, you know, preseason, you know, uh prediction. What's the word I'm looking for? Good lord. Preseason prediction, uh just, you know, I'm I'm sticking with my predictions. That's what I'm going with. Good lord, I can't think of the word. <laughs> integrity <laughs> integrity. <laughs> integrity. That's what it was. Uh, and you'll obviously roll with Kansas State, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have another upset that I really like. Okay. Uh, shoot. Aggies over the Rebels. I was just about to get
1: into that. I think that one could be a sneaky one as well. Texas A&M, they play tough with Alabama. They've played tough with, what was it, Miami, I believe. Um, played close with Tennessee. Like They do not really get blown out. I think this could be the second loss for the Rebels as well.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Uh, let's scroll down here. Notre Dame Clemson. Do you think we could see a potential upset as Clemson's home team? Me neither.
0: (laughs) Dabo, Dabo is just needs to shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah. Uh, Utah looks to take revenge against Arizona state. That one should be pretty, pretty fair at home. Mizzou at Georgia,
0: uh, Georgia. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Anyways, North (laughs) Carolina, no not North Carolina. UTSA takes on North Texas in Denton, Texas. Uh, I hope North Texas can make it a game, but that is my pick to win the AAC, and I think UTSA wins on the road.
0: Okay. Oh, there's one I want to touch on. Okay. Kansas at Iowa State, night game in Ames. Night games in Ames are where ranked teams go to die. Okay. And I they are 3-0 and against top 10 teams mm-hmm. in night games in Ames. Give it to me. Okay. Uh, and you know how I feel about Iowa State. Yeah. The...
1: Well, I guess this is the last of the Big 12 version of Bedlam. Oklahoma traveling to Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma will obviously look to rebound after their loss last week to Kansas. I'm not a big fan of the Cowboys this year, Uh, so I think I'll roll with the Sooners on the road. Me
0: neither. Both of them. (laughs) I knew
1: that would get you. Um, Louisville... That could be a sneaky game against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, I think, uh, has played really good football as of late, especially compared to the start of the year. Um, that could be a trap game for Louisville. Oh, yeah. Uh, scrolling down here, Tulane takes on East Carolina. Uh, that one should be a pretty decent game right there. And then, like you said, we already talked about the Ames game. Washington at USC. Will Caleb Williams be able to out-duel uh, Pennix and the Huskies at home in the Coliseum?
0: uh Caleb Williams will be able to outduel Pennix and Washington but the rest <laughs> of USC will not be able to outduel Washington.
1: Three receivers Washington has could go to the NFL, I believe.
0: Yeah. And but they're playing against the probably ball. like the worst Power 5 secondary, arguably, yeah. So,
1: and then well, all right, we'll do we'll do a couple games and then the big one. <laughs> Oregon State at Colorado. We both like Oregon State in that yeah, one. Yeah. UCLA, Arizona could be a really sneaky game, especially I, in Arizona. I'm excited for
0: that game, yes.
1: Late night, uh, Pac-12 after dark. USC, if they didn't have so many questions of their quarterback position, I'd maybe go with the Bruins. I think I like the Wildcats in this one. Yep. So we'll see how that one turns out. I and like
0: the Wildcats in it.
1: Yeah. Now we get to... Also like another Wildcat. <laughs> a big cat. LSU takes on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Go Tigers! Andrew's rolling with Jaden Daniels. Tags. Here's the thing. So last year, uh, this was a huge game. This was one of two losses that Alabama had last year, or three, two of the three. It was one of them was against, obviously, Tennessee in that miraculous, like, 45 to 42 thriller. Yeah. And the other one was to this LSU team. Yeah. Jaden Daniels, if he wants to assert himself atop the Heisman uh, Heisman voting, he needs to have a performance, which I think he will. Yes. I'm gonna just out of principle because I picked Alabama to face Georgia again in the uh, SEC championship game. i a roll with roll tide, but I do not feel good about this one. I think Jaden Daniels and the Tigers go into Tuscaloosa and cause havoc here in the SEC. So,
0: I agree. That
1: concludes everything, I think, in week ten. God, That's week it. ten. Week
0: ten of the culture. It, it feels it, like it's just flown yesterday, by, dude. I know. Just yesterday. Do you remember how hyped we were for week one? God, I. I and was, then we lost to Wyoming, and then it was gone for me. It was just. So. It was just like yesterday <laughs> that I was
1: proclaiming that Oregon wouldn't get ten wins, and here we are. They're already at seven. And they're at seven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Pain. Let's move on to the big leagues of football, the NFL. all right the bills looked like vintage bills Meh. on thursday
1: me did they though no they looked like passable bills yeah
0: they looked they look like bills that are kind of upset that they've been playing bad but like <laughs> Their last
1: eh. month of football. Let me. I'm just gonna roll through this because I know we're, we'll talk both sides of this. Their last month of football, right? Yeah. They lost to the Jags in London. Ouch. They barely beat the Giants in that Sunday Night Football yeah. game. They lost to Mac Jones. Yeah. Which is a fireball offense to lose to Mac Jones and Zach Wilson the same season, which they've done. And now they just beat the Buccaneers barely on Thursday Night Football. Um, I know they were your Super Bowl team, Andrew, but to me, they and they just signed Leonard Fournette. So this maybe is coach McDermott listening to the podcast and what I've been trying to say about this team hmm. get the ball potentially out of Josh Allen's hands don't force him to do everything yeah lean on your run game more I get apparently they just don't love James Cook because he averages roughly about five yards a touch every time he touches it he's only getting 14 carries I, exactly and then Latavius Murray they don't have faith in so that could be something look Josh Allen is going to be him he's going to make wild throws he to me I told this to Brian last week and I want your thoughts on it he plays, I swear to God, every game like it's Chiefs-Bills from that divisional round. That yeah. game that we watched in yeah. Brendan's apartment. Honestly. It's like every time he drops back to pass, he's like, I got to make this big play and score in 13 seconds like Mahomes did. Like every time. He's having non-flashbacks. Literally. Um, Baker, I mean, looked fine. I mean, again, I wasn't in love with his performance either. It took a late drive to even make it a one-score game. Look, Baker, you know, he is what he is. Now we're getting into the colder part of the football season where we really find out who's
0: who's got the cojones yeah.
1: and stuff. Look, Baker up to the season. He's been fine. He's been about an average quarterback. Yep.
0: Um, We'll see if that continues. Let's see. Yep. Moving on to Sunday. We'll start off with the Dallas Cowboys, who honestly just put on a masterclass against the Rams. You know what
1: the Cowboys remind me of? What? The Buffalo Bills. Okay. Here's the thing. Dak is not Josh Allen, and McCarthy's not even Sean McDermott. No. What I'm saying is, is the fact that these teams can be a little bit of a front runner. Yes. They can, when they come down a hill, like an avalanche, they will yeah. run you over. Yeah. But then they'll also get into games where you're like, huh? AKA the, the, you know, Patriots game for them. And then the Cardinals game for Dallas. And they're, they're in contention, quote unquote, in their own conferences, but they no one really believes in them and being like the main
0: team to come out of that conference. I think this was Dak Prescott's best game this year.
1: I agree. 25, of 31, 304 four, four touchdowns. He did have a pick, which brings his total to five this year. Um, he's got to watch out if he doesn't want to get ten interceptions. Yeah. But look, honestly, you could argue this is one of Dallas's better performances. Um, C.D. Lamb career game: twelve receptions and one hundred fifty-eight yards was a career high. He also had two touchdowns. Brandon Cooks seemed to get involved; uh, got a touchdown pass as well. Uh, Deron Bland, my God, way to step up after the loss, obviously of Trayvon Diggs. Uh, he was a really good uh, defensive back pickup for them. The Cowboys' defense, when they get pressure like this and they're able to kind of lean on you and pin their ears back and rush the passer, they're one of the best defenses in football. And already, they're top five in a lot of the top categories. So it's not like they're a bad defense to begin with. Right. But then especially when you give them the lead, oh, it's lights out. And Matthew Stafford felt the complete wrath of it. I mean, they ended up benching him for Britt Rippey and a bunch of other uh, backups in this one. So, yep. Yeah. Uh CeeDee Lamb looked incredible. Shout out to him being on my fantasy team. But yeah, I don't know. Brendan likes to do it, so I like to get it in as well. Um, Speaking of Brendan, the Vikings took care of business on Brendan's birthday weekend-ish thing. Yeah. 20, yeah. 24 to 10. Uh, Big storyline out of that one, though. Yeah. Unfortunately, Kirk Cousins, it has been confirmed uh, as of this morning. He tore his Achilles. He is going to be out for the rest of the season. His potential tenure in Minnesota might have come to an end uh, yesterday, and it's really sad because I know we talked about quarterback, the series, and everything, and we talked about Kirk Cousins as a person. We learned a lot from him, and he's a really likable guy. He works his butt off. You know, he he seems to have a really good relationship with his family, like all the good things that you want from a
0: quarterback, and you know what? One guy on this pod really hates Kirk Cousins, but... I respect him, man. He's I talented. I do too. He teeters on the top 10 in the league. He, He's a guy that can win you football games. He is. And he can be very good for your football team. So we hate to see an injury to such a great guy like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, all the best to him and his road to recovery.
1: But yeah. Jaren, um, what was it? Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins are the only quarterbacks on the Vikings roster at the moment. I know Nick Mullins has put in some decent performances over the year. Yeah. Potentially, I mean, the Vikings are sitting at 4-4. Four four. you got to think they're going to look to try to acquire a QB. Yeah. Um, to maybe sneak into the wild card. Jameis. Could be. Could be. Please. Um, Jordan Love. I've said it. I, I don't know how many times. I'm done. He's a backup QB. He is. He's
0: so gone. He was and also
1: the Packers' leading rusher.
0: Yeah. And he had 34 yards. Yeah. Which
1: is not great, but that's also a product of the fact that he can't throw the ball. No. So, yeah. Vikings, we'll see if they, what they do at quarterback. Um, Packers, they're going to be drafting one. All
0: right. The Titans in what might be the most lovable uniform in all of football. It's up there for sure. Um twenty-eight to twenty-three over the Falcons. Will freaking male boy Levis. <laughs> what a performance. Two hundred and thirty-eight yards for four touchdowns. Wow.
1: I'm I gotta ask this. Do are we sure? The Titans know how to evaluate quarterbacks? No. Because you started out with Ryan Tannehill. Okay, veteran. Oh, my God. We understand it. No, he's one of the worst starters in the NFL. Yeah. You then go to Malik Willis, which we know what he is. He's a very raw prospect that's yes. undersized and yep. doesn't have a great mechanics. Yep. And then you draft this guy. This, he finally gets a start, right? Being third on the depth chart. I get that he's a
0: rookie. And he's had the best performance for the Titans at the quarterback position all year.
1: By Like, I can't remember the last Tannehill performance no. that was this level. No. No.
0: I mean, there, are, DeAndre, uh, there might not have ever been one.
1: DeAndre Hopkins. Tannehill was always carried by Derrick Henry. Exactly. DeAndre Hopkins had a performance classic prime, DeAndre Hopkins, four receptions, under 28 yards, and three touchdowns.
0: Derrick Henry, 100 yards. 100 yards on 22 carries. Amazing what happens
1: when you have a capable quarterback back there. You become three dimensional. And it's just uh, listen, I'm very interested to see. He plays Thursday night against the uh, Steelers. Sorry for the spoiler for the scheduling thing. I'm going to be very much glued to my seat because him yeah. versus Kenny Pickett, yeah. I want to see that That's game. That's going to be fun. Also, thing in Atlanta, Desmond Ritter finally benched for Taylor Heineke. I mentioned this during, speaking of which, that three-hour pod that I did a long time ago. I mentioned that Taylor Heineke could be in play here for the Falcons if Ritter didn't get off to the start that they wanted. It took all the way till now, but Heineke did start the second half and the offense looked so much better. Yep, I think Heineke could be the start going forward and Ritter's just, again, there wasn't a lot of, You know, hope for him being a third round guy, but I think Ritter or excuse me, Heineke is the way to go if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan. Yep.
0: All right. Up next, we had a good old fashioned mid off. uh, The (laughs) Saints 38, the Colts 27. Derek Carr had his probably his best performance of the year, 310 yards, two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor as well, 12 carries, 95 yards. Um, I mean, it was a competitive game on both sides but was it competitive because both teams are getting better or just because both teams are like literally on the exact same level <laughs> literally of
1: skill? literally uh um,
0: he's what are we doing why yeah, now? i know right what we uh
1: minshu look he is what he is i know brennan's a big garter Minshew fan he's been saying he deserves a starting job well he's getting one and he's not he's underwhelming yeah i'm sorry uh jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss is a decent running back duo like the the colts listen they're they're, they're looking towards next year. They're looking towards the future. You know, let's get Anthony Richardson back. Yeah. The Saints, on the other hand, they're kind of an interesting spot. So I'm going to rattle off their next few games. And you just kind of, you know, okay. Bears. Okay. L. I, I don't know. No. This is Saints. Yeah. i kidding. Uh, at Vikings now without Kirk Cousins. Okay. Uh, at the Falcons now with their quarterback situation. Yeah. yeah. Against the Lions. So that one could be a loss. Versus the Panthers. Panthers. Vers- versus the Giants at the Rams, and then they finish the season at Bucks versus Falcons. The Saints have the potential, if they kind of get their bleep together, to kind of go on a little bit of a run here. Yeah. And look, Derek Carr, he is what he is. I think he's a- above average, is at his absolute peak, and I don't think he's reaching his peak. No. But Rasheed Shaheed... <laughs> Deep play over the top. Michael Thomas can work things underneath. If Olave can just learn to keep it under the speed limit and also learn to turn his head around on certain <laughs> yeah. passes, they'll be fine in the receiving they game. They will. Alvin Kamara does what he does, and then Taysom Hills, Taysom Hill. And then their defense, because of uh, Dennis Allen, is always going to be good. Always. I picked Atlanta to win this division. New Orleans it is... It might be the Saints. It, New Orleans is right in the thick of it. Yeah. Might be the Saints. So In the, the thick of it. Like I said... Don't be surprised if the <laughs> Saints go. On, don't be the if the Saints go on a little bit of a run in the season. That's all uh, I'm, I'm,
0: saying. I'm piggybacking off of that. Okay. So all right. The Miami Dolphins, 31 to 17 over the New England Patriots. Two attack of continues his just career season. Three hundred and twenty four yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Jalen Waddle, the leading receiver oh, my, 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 this week, my, 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 my. seven receptions for 121 yards and one touchdown. Um yeah. Do you want to hear a pro Tua stat? Oh,
1: yes. He becomes the first quarterback in... Excuse me.
0: Collins 2-1 confirmed.
1: Chill. Uh, Tua becomes the first quarterback in Bill Belichick's tenure. As times, Bill Belichick's been a head coach of the New England Patriots to start 6-0 and against Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That is insane. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I, I get the Patriots aren't what they were, but the fact that they're even that level of good... Oh. Goes to show you that Tua, look, listen, all I've said is is like, hey, let's have a full season of this. And Tua, up to this point, has been balling out. So credit to him. Uh, Miami's offense, after what they look like, what was it, last week against Philly? Yeah. They look to get back on track. Um, I'm interested, though, because now, like I said, they've got some big games coming up. Well, big game and then some other. They're tougher back end of the schedule. Yeah. They got a big one coming up next week that I'm going to be very interested in seeing. Yeah. So, but,
0: yeah. Continuing on. The Battle of New York, the Jets 13 over the Giants 10. Um, uh, the Giants I, the Giants <laughs> chose Daniel Jones over Saquon. over Saquon Barkley. Now, the good thing about the Giants
1: is they made the contract sword, not after this year, but after next year, they're able to get out of it. Yeah. So, but that's still a year it's, and a half too yeah. much of Daniel Jones. Yeah. My God. I they mean,
0: chose Daniel Jones. Yeah.
1: I think Terod, so he got... Injured in this game. And then they had to put in their third string, Tommy DeVito. So basically their offense was Saquon or bust. Yeah. And the scariest part to me is Zach Wilson didn't look that much better. Nope. And again, I've been critical of Zach Wilson, but you complete under 50% of your passes. Yeah. That's the
0: only reason I bring up Daniel Jones in this game is because Saquon looked like vintage Saquon. Granted, it took 36 carries to get there. That's true. But dude, he could take it. He could. He took the beating (laughs) in the line. Yep. He had 36 carries, 128 yards, and he performed at his absolute best. Right. But he had no help outside of that. Saquon, just get your money, and hopefully they'll draft Dude. you be Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. The Jaguars, 20, over the Steelers, 10. Trevor Lawrence, 292 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Um, yeah, the Jaguars just keep rolling. And yeah. the Steelers. See, this is – and so – Kenny
1: Pickett, um, look, it's this is kind of what I was leading to with Thursday Night Football. This was a really bad performance from the offense. Again, how Matt Canada still has a job at this point, uh, wild. Yeah, and I think Kenny Pickett, again, left this one. Um, it's Mitch Trubisky coming in and looking similar to Kenny Pickett. That's not always a good sign. The fact that they couldn't get the rushing attack going was a troubling sign. Deontay Johnson was the only thing positive for Pittsburgh coming off the injury. Um, but yeah, T. Law, yeah, he's a, he's done okay. I thought he could be MVP. He hasn't been, but Jacksonville's just the better team compared to Pittsburgh. Yep. That's it. Yep.
0: All right, Philadelphia Eagles thirty-eight over the Washington <laughs> Commanders thirty-one. Sam Howell had a game, have a day, three ninety-seven, four touchdowns, one interception. What an incredible performance by these division the kid.
1: road games,
0: man! Insane. I-
1: like I, and I I don't even mean to put road on it because Washington put them in overtime earlier in the year. Yep, and they come away with an, again a one score loss this time where Philly had to put up twenty one in the fourth. Um, here's my biggest takeaway from this. Obviously, Sam how respect and the Commanders they made it close. Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. AJ Brown, him and Tyree Killer are the two best receivers in football without a doubt. I don't think the so, Titans are idiots. Yeah. So yeah that very little draft capital they got for arguably now this receiver. That's just killing it. Yep. Um, He's I I forget. I think he tied Calvin Johnson's record of 125 plus a touchdown or something like that. Um, He is phenomenal. There's not a single weakness in AJ Brown's game. He is physical, which is a huge thing for wide receivers. He can block, he can run routes, run after the catch, he can catch in traffic. He can uh, have top end speed. He, again, him and Tyreek Hill, which I, insane that Madden had AJ as low as they did. I, I forget how low AJ it was. Brown eleven. Was. Yeah, he was not even the top yeah,
0: ten. He was eleven. They don't know ball. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't AJ, know ball.
1: AJ Brown deserves all the love and respect that he's getting. Not ball I'm, knowers. And look, man, I'll say this: Philly also might be, and to credit to Brendan for this, might be the best team in the entire NFL up to this point. The only thing that really concerns me about them is for as great as Jalen Hurts has looked, so has any quarterback that's gone up against the Eagles. They brought in Kevin Byard in from Tennessee. I know they were it was short, obviously, coming off a trade, but Sam Howell moved the ball at will. So I'm looking to see, and also Jalen Carter suffered a back injury. He's getting an MRI on it. Yes. Honor. That could be huge loss for their defense if it is anything huge. substantial. Um... Yeah, Philly, though, at this point, you could argue, and I'm not just saying that because they're the only one lost team left in the NFL. They legit look like a potential Super Bowl-winning team. So,
0: I have to throw it out there. All right, moving on. The Panthers are officially not the only winless team in the NFL anymore. Uh, They beat the Houston Texans 15-13 in what was just honestly a very – Ugly. It was very ugly. CJ Stroud looked like a rookie, honestly, for like Mm -hmm. the first time this season. Yeah. Um, hundred and forty yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, just literally like the most meh game a quarterback could have.
1: About to say he did have a touchdown on the ground.
0: He was efficient. Yeah. And he did have a touchdown on the ground. Um, but yeah. Uh, both these teams are just not good. This is the first time Bryce Young
1: has outperformed anybody. And I get He's a rookie, but as a number one overall pick, it was nice to see.
0: Yeah. And of course he did it over the guy that people are like starting to write Bryce Young off for. So exactly. Um, Moving on the Seattle Seahawks, man, they keep winning. They keep winning. Geno Smith is looking more up to par, um, looking like the average quarterback that he was last year instead of a bad quarterback. Um, and he's performing very well. And I mean that respectfully.
1: Listen, I'll say this. What's that? How's that phrase go? Just win, baby.
0: Just win, baby. Just win. Um, Just
1: win, baby. Here's what I'll say about Gino. And to are right, he's not performed the level of last year, which that was an insane level for a guy given his career to have a season like that. And that was part of the reason why I didn't think that Seattle could be as good as they have proven to be so far. And again, he's had his moments. He had two really bad, bad I mean one of them I was just like dude just throw it out of bounds that's like one of those that like rookies gotta know into it but look Gino when the plays were needed to be made got his Jackson Smith and Ball on a screen which thank God I'm <laughs> like yeah back to back games with a touchdown for JSN Um, Tyler Lockett also had a really good game 8 for 81 and a touchdown Kenneth Walker repping the jersey today I am just so happy they won in those uniforms. Dude. Yeah, man. Oh my god! They're, listen, I know you,
0: th- those are also some of the best uniforms in the league. Thank you, thank you. So I'm I'm repping
1: Kenneth Walker today. He didn't honestly have the best game, but I mean he did average eight yards uh, carry. Cleveland, to me, look until they figure out whatever with Deshaun Watson, they're just I, they're, they're not gonna win. Yeah, anything. it's listen. Happy Seattle came away with the win. They are now first place in the NFC West. As of we're recording Crazy. This, this late into the season. Yeah. It's going to be a dogfight. We'll see how the rest of the season pans out. But yeah, happy to be sitting here in first place. Um, Let's go, baby. Seahawks, Let's just
0: win. Seahawks up to 5-2 and two on the year. Win 24-20 over the Browns. All right. Uh, Pat Mahomes had the flu. Don't need to talk about that game. Uh, <laughs> the Ravens. <I'm> <laughs> One thing. One no, thing. No, okay. no, listen. The Broncos beat the Chiefs at home uh, 24-9.
1: For the first time since 2015. Crazy.
0: It had to lose at some point.
1: I know. When we talked about the stat. I mentioned it the first time they play that it's been they've won a Super Bowl more literally more recently than they've been the Chiefs. Right. I'll say this. Uh, Chiefs side, yeah. Mahomes was sick. Go out and invest a receiver. Yeah. Go get one of Tampa Bay's guys. Yeah. Overpay if you have yeah. to. They could be easily throw themselves back in as a favorite yes. if they go get Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Yeah. Either without one. a doubt. Um. For Denver side, I sent it in the group chat. Russell Wilson up to this point, again, stats can be kind of misleading, but in terms of his touchdown-to-interception ratio, his pass yards per game, and his passer rating, he has done all three of those things better than one Patrick Mahomes. Now, am I saying Russell Wilson is better than Patrick Mahomes? (laughs) No, No, I am not. I would not in any short-term or capacity take Russell Wilson over Patrick Mahomes in trying to win football games.
0: I think you would when he was a Seahawk. No,
1: I always said Mahomes was better. Always. Check the tapes. Okay. Um, Anyways, Mahomes. Bring him out, boys. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah, bring him up. Bring him up. Please do. Uh Russell Wilson, however, I will not take any slander of this man this year. Sean Payton and the coaching staffs finally looking like they're getting into groove here. They're relying more on the running game. They're going back to what was successful in Seattle, which was playing off of that, using Russ's legs, and their defense actually looks competent. It doesn't
0: look like the defense that gave up 70 to Miami. No, it does not. So, I, I- mean, they held... The most dynamic quarterback in the game to nine points, but flu game, flu game. And he was, he seemed very sick.
1: Yes, so. he was. And by the way, Sky Moore out on, I'm yeah. out on Sky. Moore. No out. Yeah. me He's, too. I
0: was very high on Sky Moore, his rookie year, but no. Yeah. And also just
1: get the number 24 as a receiver off my screen. I did. There's just something aesthetically just annoying. It's just not about it. good. I'd rather have Rasheed Rice. I'd rather have Justin Watson. I'd rather have MVS. Even McCole Hardman, who they just traded for. Kadarius Toney. oh, Like, good
0: Lord. God, imagine not being better than Kadarius Toney. Yeah.
1: He had uh, just another crucial drop on him. Almost threw a dime in the corner of the end zone. Just went through Sky Moore's hands. Yep.
0: Just can't have it. All right. Continuing on, the Ravens continuing to win. Proving to be one of the best teams in the AFC, without a doubt. 31-24 over the Cardinals. Josh Dobbs had 208 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Um, man.
1: Dobbs is now going to get benched. I don't know if you saw that.
0: Yeah, it's it's either going to be Kyler. Or Clayton Toon. Or Clayton Toon.
1: Um, on the Lamar Baltimore side, the Ravens proved that they went ugly, so I don't even really take this as much of a negative. No. Um, they, Edwards, they, they
0: play like everybody close.
1: They do. So oh, This is just kind of their style. Yeah. Um, Gritty. Yeah, very gritty. Uh, Lamar is him. He deserves low-key to be in the MVP conversation. I don't know. He doesn't have the gaudy numbers, but he's similar. Yep. Excuse me, similar to his 2019 pace. So
0: credit to the Ravens for getting the W. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Oh, boy. The Bengals, 31, 49ers, 17. The 49ers have now lost three straight games. Um... And the Bengals are back above five hundred. Um I guess they had to give it their all to beat the Cowboys, is what I'm taking from this. They <laughs> no, haven't won since.
1: Here's what I'll say. Brock Purdy, for anyone who considered him a top ten to twelve quarterback, <clears throat> guess no. who's not here. Yeah. Um, he's not that. No. And he's far from it. Yep. He now I will say in his defense. It looked like the, the Niners again, or maybe the NFL, whoever's been responsible for uh, for this, they should have taken him out the game because he suffered a, a a sack early in the game, in which his head snapped back and he was grabbing his helmet. He just barely made the game through concussion protocol and suffered one of those hits. He should have been at least checked out in the blue tent,
0: and he wasn't. No, and. And, it. It, and that pisses me off, man. Because like, yeah. what did we just see with Tua? With Tua? I know. I know. I it's agree. like they don't learn. They don't. And it seemed in this world, we're kind of seeing injuries getting worse and worse in sports. In every single sport.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, this has to start being taken seriously. Because you know what's going to happen? People are going to stop playing sports.
1: Yeah, stop putting their kids in sports. They're going to stop everything. And it's going to potentially ruin what was a really great thing that we all seem to really enjoy because the league doesn't take these issues seriously. They don't. Joe Burrow, to your point, um, looked really good. Only four incompletions against that Niners defense. Yeah. He's back. He looks healthy, especially after the bye week. Joe Mixon looks really good. Jamar Chase. The Bengals offense regains their kind of footing. For the Niners, look, they got a tough rest of their season, so it's not going to get any easier for them. But... I think Brock and Shanahan will kind of get in the lab. Obviously, they're looking to try to get healthier as they get closer to the um, end of the season here. And they'll realize, like, hey, look, Brock can do X. He can't do sometimes Y, and he definitely can't do Z. Let's just try to see if we can game plan, because now teams are starting to get more film on him. Yep. Right? Yep. So now it's up to Purdy to kind of counteract what the
0: teams are throwing at him. The biggest argument for Brock Purdy and it's really more of a counter argument more than anything. Mm-hmm. People just kept saying he's not a system quarterback. It's not the system. It's not the system. Right. But guess what? People are figuring out the system and what's happening to Brock Purdy. He's underperforming. Right. So what that tells me is that Brock Purdy indeed is a system quarterback. Right. And he's performing well because he's surrounded by the best offensive weapons in the NFL. Well, we just had to pause because Colin fucking broke the mic. Wow. Okay. Well, that's getting edited. Um, (laughs) No. That's getting edited. (laughs) That's no. No.
1: No, I'm kidding. Uh, Yeah. The mic just sort (laughs) of like spontaneously combusted. Sure. One one more thing I'd like to add. Christian McCaffrey ties the NFL record with the most consecutive touchdowns in a game
0: with 17. Could break it next week. Incredible. All right. Incredible. And moving on to Sunday night football. For some reason, this was a Sunday night game. Yeah. Uh, What? (laughs) What? Chargers. And you know what? It's all, and I get it. It's all because of a rule where they can't flex out until after a certain week. You should be able to flex from week one. Okay. I agree. From week one. I don't want to see Tyson
1: Bajan versus Justin Herbert on Sunday night football.
0: What? Sorry. Justin Herbert looked great though.
1: Yeah. And the offense looked better. Eckler was involved in the, uh, passing game, yeah, I, that was probably the best. Also, Quentin Johnston's look, the rookie receiver, um, one of the four taking the first round, and uh, yeah, good on Herbert and the Chargers,
0: good on Herbert and the Chargers. And currently, the Lions on Monday Night Football lead the Raiders three to zero. Jared Goff has 38 yards, Jameer Gibbs has six carries for 18 yards. How many yards did Jared Goff have? 39 <laughs> yards. Um, Jameer Gibbs has six carries for 18 yards. And, and Jameer Kibbs also has three receptions for 20 yards, and I need him to stop that for fantasy <laughs> purposes. Awesome. And I could kiss Corey Seager. He hit a beautiful home run. The Rangers now lead World Series Game 3, 3-0. to zero Nice. In the bottom of the third inning. Very cool.
1: All right, you want to preview next week's games and then t- or take it to the last segment? Well, not yet. Huh? We gotta preview the games for next week.
0: Oh, I guess yeah, we gotta do that. You're right. Uh,
1: Tennessee Pittsburgh, We already kind of highlighted on that one. I'm interested to see Will Levis and the Kenny Pickett storylines from both those quarterback, uh, cent- you know, centric things. Miami versus Kansas City. Easily, I think the game of the week uh, in Germany. Germany. Oh, nice. We did that similarly. Um, das Germany. Yeah, we'll see. Here's the thing. Tomorrow is the trade deadline. I'm going to be very interested to see if both these teams make a move because I think Miami could use another pass rusher and Kansas City could obviously use a receiver. So we'll see if that, you know, the, those debut games for maybe those potential players could happen. But either way, it's going to be a barn burner. Tua going up against Patrick Mahomes in Germany. That one's going to be really good. Uh, Minnesota, again, with whoever quarterback they might get, could make his debut against Atlanta and Taylor Heineke, I guess, or Desmond yeah, Ritter. Yeah. No. Um, some other games here that could be interesting. Seattle at Baltimore. I do not feel good going to this game. Again, because how Baltimore plays, it's going to be close. But I sorry, I trust Lamar more than I trust Geno Smith. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong for that. Yeah. Um, and then we get to a certain Dallas Cowboys versus Philadelphia Eagles. One of the best
0: games every single year. (laughs) Both of them. They really are. And um, I think Dallas and I absolutely fucking hate the city of Philadelphia. You made that very more than anything on the face of this planet. Every single team in that city, the city itself, the people—I hate them. I will stand by that till the day I die.
1: Interesting. It would have been really like funny had you said that, and the Rangers were playing the Phillies in the World Series because that would have just been all of the freaking. Oh, emotions. I'm so <laughs> glad the Phillies didn't even make
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve all the pain. <laughs> all right. Well, and because of that, watch the Rangers are going to lose the World Series, and I'm going to be sad. Don't put it out in the air. Just take it back. Just take that thought and put it back in your head.
1: Um. Okay. Philly versus Dallas. The- okay.
0: Now what's what's that the was a. Okay, all right. You're doing better than Brendan. I just, Brandon, I just to have part. to say, look, I just have to say, the Umps, this entire World Series on both sides of the ball, yeah, have been awful. Yeah. Oh my God, Scherzer just threw two surefire strikes. Yeah, and they were both called balls. Yep. That's
1: why we're moving into robot Umps, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But anyways, um, Dallas versus Philly. I think Dallas could make it interesting, but I think ultimately I'll pick Philly. It's only minus three to Philly, though, which is kind of a shocker. Yeah. Um, Buffalo takes on Cincinnati. Is Joe Burrow going to once again knock off Which Josh is the default Bills?
0: for playing a home, a home game.
1: Yeah. Well, it's no, it's minus one and a half. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're I, right. So Vegas updated it like a couple of years ago, and now instead of minus three, it's one and a half. One and a half. Um, Buffalo at Cincinnati. Big game. Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. Uh, that one, Sunday Night Football. No need to flex that game. No. So good on that. And then Monday night, you got the Chargers taking on Zach Wilson. Pfft. Chargers look, Chargers might go on a low key a river run too here. You know, they get that win on Sunday <laughs> night football. They get another primetime dud against the Jets. They got to face the Lions after that, so that'll be tough. <laughs> but then they go against the Packers, Ravens, ugh. and then they got Patriots, <laughs> Broncos, Raiders before they have to go Bills, and then Broncos again, and then Chiefs. Chargers season's not over. That's all I'm saying. But uh, yeah. That's, that's it for what's that week nine. God. Week
0: nine. Week ten in college, week nine in the NFL.
1: Anything else you wanted to highlight? Not in the league. All right. Let's take it over and wrap it up as we always do with the stain sports.
0: On this day. You got
1: one? Because I got a pretty good one to
0: lead on. In nineteen eighty-eight. Brazilian legend and McLaren driver, Ayrton Senna, wins the Japanese Grand Prix at Suzuka, recording his eighth Grand Prix win and clinching his first Formula One right. World Drivers' Championship. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save mine for the end. So okay. Hopefully you don't take it. Uh,
1: <laughs> on this day in 1997, fuck, Argentine <laughs> soccer star Diego Maradona <laughs> <laughs> announces his retirement for football on his 37th birthday. Shout out. Stole one, Andrew. Yes. Go ahead.
0: Which one would you like? On this day in 2022. Of course. I knew you were going that one. (laughs) I knew it. Go ahead. The Red Bull driver, Max Verstappen, wins the Mexican F1 Grand Prix in Mexico City for his record breaking 14th Grand Prix win of the season, surpassing Michael Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel at 13. And then just literally yesterday, he broke that record again. So.
1: On this day in 2013 Baseball World Series, the Boston Red Sox beat the St. Louis Cardinals 6-1 to in Game 6 at Fenway Park to win the title. MVP was Boston Slugger David Ortiz.
0: Incredible. I don't think I have another one,
1: man. You want to just say one more because then I got a final one. So if you just read off one of them, I'll do a final one.
0: And, okay, you know what? I do like this one because I find it really interesting to compare it to today's game. Okay. In 1974, California Angel Nolan Ryan throws the fastest recorded pitch. I did see that. 100.9 miles per hour. Cupcake. I think Aroldis <laughs> Chapman throws that on the regular with his foot.
1: <laughs> this foot. <what? laughs> <laughs> he might, to be fair. Yeah, he might. All right. And to wrap things all off on this day, today is the 30th edition of Sports Equinox Day. That has been it for episode
0: 59. Wow. That was a long episode, my friend. That was a long episode, but there was a lot to talk about. It was a sports equinox day and man. The thirtieth edition of the Sports Equinox. When we do this again, we will have a World Series champion. Baseball will be over and we will be moving on with the next sports.
1: We'll be recapping it. Well obviously we're recapping a Formula One Grand Prix. But yeah, we're getting into NBA NHL to open up this the episode and all the college sports.
0: Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to edition 59 of Good Time Sports. I am your host, Andrew Maloney, with my co-host, Colin Brown. And, man, we're grateful for every single one of you. Listen to us on wherever you listen to your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it may be. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We will be bringing you content on all those platforms. And as always, thank you for being a loyal listener share with your friends, share with your family, and we will see you next week. Peace.